Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying a finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night.
Hey. <sighs> it's so white. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland In a meadow we could build a snowman Then pretend that he's Parson Brown He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no man But you can do the job when you're in town Later on, we'll conspire Hey, as we dream by the fire Unafraid, the plans that we've made Walking in a winter wonderland Now, that's right We're just walking in that winter wonderland Oh, ha! Woo! Hey, hey, baby do ha! I see you circus clown we'll have lots of fun with mr. snowman until the other kitties knock them down when it snows ain't it thrilling though your nose get to chilling hey we'll frolic and play the western kind way walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland Walking in a winter wonderland Now <sighs> So nice So wintry and snowy Beautiful Just feeling that white love My dog just brought the newspaper in and my cat brought the uh, mail in and it's really just a wonderful time.
walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah. Hey. Woo. <sighs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Especially white people. When there's nothing left but the fire in my chest and the air that fills my lungs, I'll hold my tears and trade my ears for a glimpse at kingdom come. On the other side of misery, there's a world we long to see. The strife we share will take us there to relief and sovereignty. Oh, my God, we'll have our home again. By God, we'll have our home. By blood or sweat, we'll get there yet. By God, we'll have our home. In our own towns, we're foreigners now. Our names are spat and cursed. Headlines smack of another attack Not the last and not the worst Oh, my fathers, they look down on me I wonder what they feel To see their noble sons driven down Beneath a coward's heel Oh, my God, we'll have our home again By God, we'll They strain to see I struggle forth to find a friend To light the way for me Oh, brothers, can you hear my voice Or am I all alone? If there's no fire to guide my way Then I will start my own Oh, my God, will A big Promethean white Christmas and Yule to all of you today. Our featured stories, the uh, Magic Negroes movie. We're going to have a look at that. Netflix, Family Switch, cutting down on white people. What a surprise. Robots cleaning bathrooms. Let's see. Michael Schellenberger. We have Lincoln Memorial vandalized. We have so many other stories that we're going to cover and we're glad that you're here on uh, this Christmas, Christmas Eve, your comments, calls, and questions. And then there's this. The Santa at the shopping mall was quite surprised when he saw Martha, a woman in her mid-twenties, asking to sit on his lap. 
We all know Santa doesn't usually take requests from adults, but she smiled at him very nicely, and he ended up asking her what she wanted for Christmas. Something for my mother, please, she replied. Something for your mother? That's a very loving and thoughtful uh, idea, smiled Santa. What would you like me to bring her? A son-in-law, Martha answered quickly, smiling sheepishly. Santa roared with laughter. Why are you always so jolly, Santa? asked Martha. Because, my dear, Santa responded with a wink. I know where the naughty girls live. Shoot Santa, you know? That's bad. <laughs> Even as paramedics treated his wounds, Santa's helper stayed remarkably festive. Oh, ho, ho! But with Santa's helper wounded, who would lead the way? Don't you normally steal Christmas? This year I decided to give back. My heart grew three times. You didn't shoot Santa though, right? I did not shoot Santa. on this glorious Sunday evening, Monday morning, Christmas, Christmas Eve, a big Promethean white Christmas and a white Yule to everyone. It is wonderful to see you. We are at 5 p.m. in the once great state of Virginia, across from Mordor on the Potomac at 7 in Sydney, 10 in London, midnight in Moscow. And it's great. It's great. It's glorious to be here. Those of us who can make it on this Christmas Christmas Eve uh, that we are in the midst of. It's a wonderful thing. A big Merry, Merry Christmas to all of you. If you would like to contact me over the course of this gathering, you might do so by tagging me as No White Guild. You can do so with questions, comments, or concerns. Just be respectful and I will be here for you. You may also financially gift on this glorious day. Glorious day in Western civilization. You may financially gift at Entropy. It is up and running. I have both sides of the dashboard up front and back. I should be able to see no matter what happens. 
if you financially gift there, I'll be looking out for you. Also, of course, we have Rumble up. Hello to those on Rumble. Twitter is up. Hello to those who are watching on Twitter. DLive is running. Hello. You may financially gift there in their cryptocurrency as well as Odyssey is up. And there you might financially gift in their cryptocurrency or cash dollars. And hello to everybody who shows up on Odyssey. If I swivel around this way, I see on monitors to my right, your left. That Cash App is up and running. You may financially gift at Cash App in cryptocurrency or cash dollars. I will be checking that regularly throughout our time together on this Christmas, Christmas Eve. Also, uh, Subscribe Star is up and running, and uh, I will keep an eye on that as well. Many big thanks to uh, the champions, Franklin and Brent Danger, who have uh, shown up to moderate on this for them as for me. Christmas Eve in uh, these United States. And uh, we're waiting for Santa to show up anytime now. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Wonderful to see uh, everybody. Cool Papa J Magic. Nat is here. Melissa is here. Samuski, Odinsaya, Buzzscape. Uh, here. You may also financially gift in cryptocurrency by heading on over to knowwhyguilt.org. Click the financial gift tab. You will see the wallets that I use there. And if you follow that same instruction, you can find the snail mail address as it's kept in the same place. And you too can send me things by way of snail mail. A little snail carries it along compared to the old days or compared to the new days, I guess, the way it was in the old days. Spartan is here. Wonderful to see you just, Michelle. Hello and welcome. Kingdom of Inland is here. And we have, uh, let's see, who else? Amandi is here. Welcome to you. Welcome, welcome. SPW, great to see you and welcome to you. Please, many people will be thinking that we are not going to be having our gathering today because so many other content creators are not creating content on Christmas, Christmas Eve, although I guess the... Uh, the Jews and the Muslims probably are. They don't mind. Uh, but I am here for you. And we are coming together because what matters to us is our people, our bio spirit. And we're going to keep coming together every day until the end of days, my brothers and sisters. It is wonderful to be able to see you all here. Please share, though, with your circles of influence so we can rope a few people in here to what is going to be undoubtedly a glorious Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, wherever you are on planet Earth. Happy Warrior is here. That's what we all should be. That's a great name. Happy Warrior. Wonderful to see Happy Warrior with us today. Who else is here as I scan through? June is here. Hello and welcome, June. Casey is here. Hello and welcome to you. Lacey is here and hello and welcome to you as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, who else do we have? Art Acrobats. Was it you who asked if it was real? That's real. That's Southeast Washington, D.C., about that way. And you don't want to go there if you're white. Uh, although that Grinch sounded like he was white, well, didn't he? He had the whole like police force and with him and fire department. And there were uh, car alarms going off in the background. And he got kind of perturbed when the reporter asked if he shot Santa. I mean, could you imagine the white-voiced Grinch traveling through the hood in Washington, D.C., having just shot Black Santa. <laughs> White girl is here. Hello and welcome. Great to see you. Yes, it happened. Yes, 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 it happened. It was real. Pants is here. Darth is here. 
Ben is here. Hyperborean, Jareem. Great to see you. Hey, if you're watching, but you're normally a wallflower, speak up. We'll say Brant Danger. Dean Danger. School of the West is with us. And I made sure I was on Red Ice. And we're going to get into our first item here in just a moment with Henrik and Lana. Just a couple of days ago, I was on with Red Ice. And we had a splendid little conversation as I stopped by there. One of the things I had to share with Henrik and Lana was that my favorite interview of theirs of the whole year, the favorite video that they made was with some Brant Danger guy. He was really amazing. I love that guy. I hope they'll have him back many, 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 many times. And uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll be heading back there a couple more times here in the near future as there was an invite. But uh, who is this? The real one is with us. The great Slots is in the house. Slots is here. Just spoke with Slots on the phone. And we have one of Western kind is here. Matt Mittens is here as well. And did I already mention the cool uh, Papa? Very cool. The ice cool Papa. J Magic is with us. Great to see you. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again. With candy canes and silver lanes that glow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. What did I say was going to be our first news item here? Oh, the magical Negroes. Let's go ahead and pull up the Magical Negroes ASAP. We'll get into this. Can you believe that even such a movie can be made? It's only going to get worse. This I can assure you. Until more people, until the morality, everybody has wondered all along for so many years. They've wondered, well, what's it going to be? Is it going to be historical revisionism? No. Is it going to be starting a political party? No. Is it going to be somehow uh, heading to the graveyard in the antique store and bringing back uh, Nazis because of some misinterpretation of them and what that would do for countries and white people across the West? No. Is it going to be cravening somewhere and trying to secede? No. It's been no. Is it going to be culture? We're going to have to make our own movies and, and et cetera. Is it going to be that? No. All of that is downstream from a moral matrix that white people need in order to act especially in order to harm others or to in what's perceived as harm to others, whether it's actual harm or not, because we know that if America is white and Western, then it's going to be good for all the non-white people that live here. But if it becomes a very non-white, anti-white place, it's going to be very bad for the non-white people that live here. And that's kind of the reason why we see millions of non-white people showing up at the border trying to get into our white countries it's kind of the reason they don't want they they didn't want to live in a non-white governed country, a non-white dominant country. They want to live in a white country. That's why they keep coming. That's why they keep showing up. And uh, so it's going to be better for everyone. It wasn't going to be any of those things ever. I've been arguing forever. Champions of the of the uh, white knights of the white table arguing forever <clears throat> that it has to be a 
countervailing morality to the anti-white immoral moral imperative that is the social morality of our day. And we are demonstrating that and we've been demonstrating that now for many years and the success of our ideas. And I'm afraid, my friends, the, the, the top, the top of the mountain, the top of Everest, the top where you climb and you finally come upon uh, people like the great Fournall and Brandt Danger and the great Franklin and so many others where you find it is a sparsely uh, populated place. Not many people make it up here, but we are the change agents who are changing the world. Uh, let me get some coffee. How are you all doing? Private Life is with us. Jay Adams is here. A pair of, uh, how's it go? Hop along boots and a pistol that shoots are the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that are talking will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel. There's one in the park as well. It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. The American Society of Magical Negroes. Yeah, the American Society of Magical Negroes. Trailer. Justice, Justice Smith belongs to a club that makes white people's lives easier. Justice is his name. Yeah, and white people will be saying it. I refuse. I refuse. Absolutely. We'll take a look at the trailer, but we'll just read a little bit here. Bescape is here. Uh, sing, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> Let's see. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from my house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa but as for me and grandma, we believe. <laughs> Maybe some more later. Let's continue here. Just as the blackening parodied the horror movie cliche. My God, my vision. That's not going to help either. Black characters are killed off first. The, quote, magical Negro trope is now getting its own satirical take. Uh, Writer-director is behind the American Society of Magical Negroes, premiered uh, at 2024, or premieres. Let me see if I can just make that a little bigger. The film Disturbed by Focus Features stars Justice, you mean Injustice, uh, as Aaron, a young man who is recruited into a secret society of magical black people. That's aren't all black people just that's what we've taught. We've been taught in all seriousness on this Christmas Eve. And I don't want to get too wild, too, too uh, frothing with rage. 
But uh, CH is here. Great to see you. But isn't this what we're taught our entire lives since we were babies in the West, especially in the United States? But since we were babies, we were taught how inept and inferior white little boys and white men are. And the only places that white little boys could go to look for white male, white man role models, the anti-whites were busily burning those down as we were children. Uh, so imagine now, like when when I was a child, you could still look in, you could still look toward like the military. And uh, they, so there were certain places where you could still look and find white guys being men, white guys being badasses, or at least trying to. Uh, now, I mean, what do you have for the, could you imagine a little boy right now? He's going to look to the military and it's like dancing transformers. Uh, I, so there's just nothing. But the entire time, what we've had is uh, the regime telling us how magical blacks are, especially black males. And it's just it, endlessly, endlessly. And then and we've always got to be thinking about them. We've always got to be wondering how they're doing. We've always got to be asking ourselves, what can we do for them when they when anti-white blacks rape and murder and and uh, rob and and destroy stores and et cetera? We're told that we have to ask ourselves as whites that uh, what's what have we done to them? What can we do to make them happy so that uh, because they're never misbehaving out of something that is their own fault. It's always the fault of the white race. This is our entire lives, our entire lives. So the fact that you could have this half white or quarter white uh, black guy, black actor, whose parents actually felt like it was legitimate to name him justice. Like what world do you live in? What, I mean, seriously, black people. And we've had wonderful black people uh, on stream with us that are willing and ready and able and willing to come back and, and speak more on the fact uh, of the world and what's really going on. But there ain't no discrimination against black people. None. No discrimination against Jews. This nonsense about, oh, we're suffering so long at the universities. Bullshit. You just found out that there are some folks out there who don't like uh, Israel and don't like what's being done to Palestinians. And then you want to conflate that into, oh, well, it's just been an ongoing, uh, it's been an ongoing H word uh, for millennia. Bullshit. It's been ongoing anti-whiteism forever, for generation upon generation upon generation. That's what's been taking place all the way up through this Christmas where uh, we got another story, Christmas under attack uh, by the anti-whites. Why is Christmas under attack by the anti-whites? Because it's still white. It's still a white thing. When it stops being a white thing, if that happened, or if that happens somewhere, the anti-whites will leave it alone. And if they see it as an affront to what we're doing, they'll shove it down our throats. That's what we understand here in service to white well-being, which is why we're able to do so much more than other activists, uh, than people who claim to be activists. Not news agencies. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about... Uh, entities in the white sympathetic sphere that are reporting on the news. I'm talking about groups that are claiming to uh, confront and challenge and take on and take down our victimization. We are the people that are having the success hand over fist. And so this is absolute, uh, this is absolute 
shit. Bravo, Sierra. Justice. He's going to get us some justice, finally. Fuck you. His talentless ass wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near the stage if they would have been getting rid of all the attractive male actors, white male actors. His ass wouldn't have gotten anywhere near. They could fill. Think about this for a moment. They could fill movie sets with beautiful white men. There are shit tons of beautiful white men that would absolutely fill the seats of every theater. They could show up to do nothing. Have you got guys out there? I'm going to ask you. I've had two friends that had pretty faces. Two white guy friends that had pretty faces. Everywhere that I went with them, women fell over themselves as, as though it were a group of guys seeing like suddenly they, they stumble upon a, a moving road show of Playboy models and they're all up on stage and it's a wet t-shirt contest. Guys would be falling over just trying to see everywhere, right? That's what women do with guys that have pretty faces. I'm going to tell you this now. It's even worse because I've never seen guys get up on the windows of cars and go, oh my God, look at the girl right there. Look at her in her car. I've seen women do that for, for guys, white guys with pretty faces. So if they wanted to make money, if Hollywood, if anti-white Hollywood run by predominant, predominated, totally dominated by anti-whites, largely by anti-white Jews uh, and anti-white white people uh, filling in the rest. If they, and not, not the communist Chinese, Alex Jones, if they wanted to make money, they would fill movies uh, with these pretty white guys. And the theaters would be full with women every single time. Not about that. No, that's why we get movies like this. That's why we get movies like this. The Magical Negroes. I know you can feel their discomfort, the trailer says, watching you walk through a room full of white people as the most painful thing I've ever seen. The satirization of white people. And we see we got an article from the UK where the anti-whites there are actually trying to claim, well, when we say that we don't want any white males, we're not being discriminatory because we're achieving diversity. What we've been saying, what I've been saying for two decades, more than two decades, more than two decades, I've been saying, diversity means no white people. It's been part of the go-free dialectic. Diversity means no white people. There, we, we've actually gotten to this point, all of it totally predictable, all of it because there wasn't a contending morality. And so now we get to this point where it's pure satirization of white people. They can say, boy, it's tough for you to walk through a room full of white people, isn't it? Yes, because we know white people, they're just always trying to like just burn non-white people to ashes. That's what's trying. That's what they're doing all the time. The plot uh, is is further teased. That's why we white dis that's why we fight white discomfort every day. So what's happening in this magical Negroes movie is that the world is such that white people need to be are inept. This is part of the anti-white narrative already. So it feeds perfectly into the uh, into the minds of the masses. White people are inept, particularly white males. And that black people, since they're magical, 
since they just are so magical. Everything they touch is just turned to gold. I mean, is that what happens? Is that what happens when we see areas in the West that become predominantly or, or black? Is, is it turned to gold or is it turned to the ghetto? What does it turn to? I mean, let's just, uh, that's just a reality. You've got wonderful black, brilliant black people in the world. We know this. We know you got brilliant black people like Dr. Carol Swain we've had on stream using anti-whiteism. You're welcome. We've got wonderful Sharika come on. Talk about how black people use uh, the anti-white narrative to keep other uh, blacks in line, to keep black people from objecting to bad behavior by black people, right? We got wonderful black people in the world. We know it. Indi black, wonderful black individuals. What happens when a bunch of black people move together somewhere? What always do you get Shangri-La? Do you is that what you end up with? So, but the imp the, the idea in the anti-white narrative, which is the world you live in which is the world that you think is real. Consciously, you can say, whoa, look at that. But subconsciously, if, if you're being taught through your entertainment, if your kids are being taught through their entertainment, that when a bunch of black people to get together, it's all perfect, they'll believe that's true. And that any uh, contradiction in the real world is the anomaly. Is the anomaly. I'm always right. And then they'll look for who caused the anomaly. and. Who does the anti-white narrative give them for the villain? So in the movie, white people are in that, particularly white males, and black people have to be by their side at all times to make sure that they don't get unhappy. Because if in their ineptitude they become unhappy, then what automatically happens is they begin victimizing non-white people. And so the only way for black people to not be enslaved to not be beaten, to not be discriminated against, to not be persecuted, all of this, the only way, and to have all of their things stolen by white people, is to make sure that white people are made happy and kept happy. So let's go ahead and take a, a watch of the trailer. Let me just make sure we just had a little glitch on the stream over here. Okay, no big deal. Looks like everything is working fine. Executive producer, who cares? Who cares? Who? And by the way, how is a movie like Magical Negroes able to be made? Is it because blacks are being oppressed? Or is it because there are shit tons of black millionaires and billionaires and talented black people working in various fields and executive positions and also black people who don't deserve to be in tons of positions? They were put there because somebody had to get the job that wasn't given to the white guy who worked for it, had the talent, was the person for the job, right? With affirmative action, with the anti-white narrative, that's what's happening, just like we see in that Telegraph article in the UK. Well, I mean, we're yeah, we're firing white guys, and we're specifically not going to hire any white guys, but that's not discrimination against white people. That's not discrimination. Specifically, there's, but that's not discrimination against white guys. That sort of and there's no use in like shaking your head and going, oh, my God, they're so weird. How can they listen? Religiosity, this the human condition for all human beings to have faith, 
in something. Very often expressed in religiosity. We have seen, though, throughout history that it can be expressed through ideology as well. It's this faith. So blatant contradiction is no problem for the human brain. None whatsoever. Even uh, white anti-whites participate in it. So don't say, well, not us white people. Bullshit. Because there are plenty of white asses, pale white asses, who are more than happy to hold contradictory uh, positions to get to anti-white conclusions, right? But I and other white people, like this white guy who wanted to make this movie, by the way, who took all the money and was gone, take the money and run. Gone, take the money and run. He left, started another political party, which also went nowhere, but got shit tons of money. You remember the one I was telling you about the director? He wanted to make a movie, not one that would benefit us. I told you, I talked to him. I was like, look, you have to use these concepts. They're extremely important. It's got to be in the dialogue. The the lexical, dialectical power has to be in there. And he's like, hmm, not really interested. Um, what a surprise, all right? What a surprise. We're still the ones that keep having the successes, but not a surprise, right? And anyhow, takes the money, runs with the money, not going to make the movie. But the movie he was going to make, and the, the pieces just couldn't come together for him with to make the movie, like you can when you are anti-white and going to do something for blacks or for Jews or whatever. And there'll be plenty. Mark my words. Uh, there are coming Indian movies. So in other words, let me rephrase. Not India movies for India. There are coming Indian-produced movies for Western audiences that are that use the anti-white narrative, etc. Watch, that's coming. Uh, there will be probably not long after that Asian ones. There aren't going to be any white ones. I cannot get up and make a movie uh, where I satirize blacks or satirize Jews and call it the magical honkies, the magical whiteies, or the magical whatever. I don't know if you hear, think those things are. Uh, uh, slurs, but I'm quoting what other people have expressed when it comes to making of movies about white people, not my thoughts. If I could not make a movie like that, where I was like, boy, we got to keep those blacks happy. You know why? I probably wouldn't be able to do that because that's kind of too close to reality, isn't it? That's my whole life, isn't it? Is that your whole life? Can I get an amen? You know, why are we doing, you know, they're down there and they're they're Marshall, they're down there just burning the city to rubble. What can we do to make them happy? What can we do to make them happy? Are you nuts? What can we do to make them happy? This is an inversion of reality. Magical Negroes, my ass. We already given you the magic. It's called doors that open for themselves uh, when you go into these uh, shopping places. Shopping establishments, whether you pay for your items or not, uh, it is called this magical cell phone that we put in your hands. It is called the magical sunglasses that protect your eyes from the sun. They look cool. They get you status and sex. And now they even have cameras on them and uh, computer chips in them. And they can do wonderful things. It's called automobiles, the magical transporter of your flesh device. And it carries your ass from point A to point B. In this case, it would be your black ass if it's you in the car, if I'm talking to a black person. 
It would be your black ass going from point A to point B in an automobile that has all kinds of other tech inside of it can travel an extremely fast rate, much faster than walking or riding the donkey or the kind of things that we used to do in the past. We've already provided you. We've already used this magic of the white race to try to placate, try to try to calm you down, try to, you know, how many more payments do you need? How about the platinum plan, says Donald Trump? How much more do you need? So you'll just be, well, you know what? Listen, Tim, you know why they rob us? Because they don't have everything we have. So we should just give them everything we have. Just through the government, let's vote for it. This, what do you mean? Everything we worked for? Everything we work our asses off that they should just get for nothing so they won't murder and destroy the community? Yes. Okay. So happy you're allowed to vote. In addition to the American Society of Magical Negroes, the Sundance lineup includes new films from Spielberg. Uh, and how many others? Uh, what, are, what are the next ones going to be called? Uh, Whitey is a loser. Uh, look at the white. It'll be the uh, white guys can't. Can you believe they ever made a movie called White Guys Can't Jump? And folks listening right now may not have even been born when that was made. And they'll still be saying it didn't get bad until five years ago. Really, seven years ago, things started to go off the rails. Thank God we're here now to change things for the better. It'll be like the rest of it. The implication for the white guys can't, you didn't know in that movie, the implication was that white guys really can't do anything physical. They can't jump. They can't do anything physical. And, and this is what's being uh, taught to, how about the, uh, how about jungle fever? How about that before you were even born? For some folks listening, now we're in replay. What do you think the ones in the future are going to look like? Let's go ahead and watch this trailer. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. And then here goes the other unending trope in the anti-white narrative. Let me know how the sound is. Let me know how the sound is for you. Uh, the, the big black woman. The big black woman. And she's always wise. And she's always magical. This is a meme pathogen in the anti-white narrative. It's been around for a long time, a generations. I love it. That was the one where I got into an argument with a guy, a learned guy, pardon me, in the white sympathetic sphere many years ago. And he said, no, that was not, uh, they did not have that uh, before my generation. And I went and I found it before that guy was ever born. This short-sighted myopia, simple-mindedness, this time frame this uh, of, your of your life, circumscribed inspection of, interpretation of, and erroneous conclusion of the war being waged against Western kind. It's just a, a fallacy upon fallacy, something that is, I should, I don't know how to say, it is almost impossible to get beyond. People just have to submit themselves. They just have to say, okay, that's accurate, and just go with the victories. The sound okay? Let's see. Black Queen says Southern Thunder. The Black Queen. 
Now, I don't even know if if they would. Uh, did anybody say anything about the sound? Was that sound loud enough relative to me? Yeah, but the the black woman, you can look all you can look back in old literature, old literature before your grandpappy was born and find in the novels the this black female character that the protagonist has to go to to get some deep wisdom to get some deep lore about whatever it might be and then they'll they 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 dispense of this wisdom just freely of their goodwill because they're so in touch with the cosmos they're so in touch with nature they're so in touch with mother nature mother nature they're so in touch with mother nature and there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of black guys actually that really resent that mean pathogen as well because that's it ends up intersecting these these things that are put in place to white erase white people to victimize white people as you know there are collateral damages everywhere harming non-white people here or there and that's a that's a great example of how this mean pathogen put in place of this all-seeing all-knowing uh omniscient black woman and she's usually big she's usually a big girl uh that that ends up working into the relationships that black males try to have with black females. And there is this expectation that you are supposed to submit to the, oh, to the, the big, biggest black woman in the room because she knows. So you could see how they don't appreciate that. What? We have a commercial on a commercial? No. Okay, here's the black guy. Here is the black guy. Why is it, ladies and gentlemen, that in Western civilization, that when people are mixed race and it's white and something else, why is it that if all the benefits are accrued to white people, as the anti-white narrative states, why is it that all of these mixed race people never attempt to identify as white? Or I should say, uh, maybe not never, uh, but in almost every single case, do not attempt to identify as white. You would think if all the benefits accrue to white people, that they would uh, try to identify as white. They would stay out of the sun. They would straighten their hair. They might get colored contacts. And uh, they would, uh, it, and, and if owning up in, in its entirety to the fact that they have some, non-white blood in them, then work all the harder to demonstrate how loyal they are truly to their non, to their white heritage. Why don't they do that? Well, because reality is reality. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. We are just the people who put it into a, uh, a set of tools that can end our victimization. All these people know the Barack Obamas of the land the Hussein, the Barack Obamas of the land. By the way, you remember when I told you that uh, that his wife was one of the possibilities and now people are talking about her being a possibility, like a legit, not just like a throwing it off uh, as, well, who are some names? Not like that. You remember I told you now they're all talking about Michelle. Uh, but anyhow, who knows if that will end up happening or not. But just, you know, keep your ears open. But the Barack Obamas of the land they all identify as non-white. Well, it's perfectly obvious why, isn't it? 
Because in the real world, not in the anti-white narrative, but in the real world, when you are white, you're white guilted your whole life. You have to be, you are the villain in their story. You have to make amends for your whole life. You have to do it societally. You suffer not getting hired. Like in this, in this article that uh, I keep referencing, I should, I should bring it up. Uh, this article I keep referencing over in the Telegraph where, is this it? It was in the Telegraph, but I, I got it off of Yahoo. Uh, wanting to hire fewer white men, quoting them, for a job, the anti-whites say, is not discrimination. Wanting to hire fewer white men, in quotes, for a job is not discrimination. A tribunal has ruled. So an, an anti-white tribunal, we really, I should, I should touch upon this. Chris Palmer was turned down from an 80,000 pound job at a financial services company. So we're talking around a $100,000 job. Where would I be working, right? Where would, where would so many of the white guys who are in the live chat or watching in replay, where would they be working if it weren't for anti-whiteism? So we'll come back to that, I guess. But $100,000 job. And they said, we don't want white males. And then a, an anti-white tribunal comes along and says, well, that's not discrimination, obviously. So why is this guy, who has a lot of white uh, genetic heritage in him, why is he identifying as black? Because he wants the $100,000 job. He doesn't want to live his life having to make amends. You know what's the worst part about it? Maybe, maybe more so than anything. But in the people that he ends up having as sexual partners, especially the when he's really looking for somebody to marry. So he has to live then as the guilted, wretched ass that white males have to live as vis-a-vis -vis the females in their lives. That's how they have to live because that's the anti-white narrative because that's every Hallmark movie that they've ever watched because that's on and on and on. Why would he want to do that? Instead, identify with his non-white heritage, get the $100,000 job, get the several million dollar uh, a job in the movie or whatever it is, get all that money. And then in your relation with your uh, the women in your world, if you're black and you are trying to date black women, well, then you are the victimized. You've been held. You got an excuse all the time. You got a ready-made excuse. Why are you sitting on your ass? Well, the white man won't let me do anything else today. Why is this? Why is that? It's always a ready-made excuse of how you have been victimized by the world, by society. Make amends to me. Make amends to me, they say. Get on your back to me. Don't you feel enough? And we've seen this so many times. White guys have seen this so many times. Non-white guys using the, your society has harmed me so much. Make amends to me, to white females. And, and so many times we have seen it work. Where the white female, I feel so bad. I guess I'll give you some of uh, the, the white naughty bits because I feel so bad for you. So why identify as white when you could identify as non-white? And that's what he's doing here. That's what this, this half white guy is doing here. He's, he's one of the magical Negroes. Really? I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. By the way, I know you can feel their discomfort, the white people's discomfort. By the way, I just want to make clear, 
if you want a if you want a real understanding of history, you're obviously going to have to do it on your own. And it's going to suck because most of what you're going to come across. Remember, a book does not mean I can't believe I've had to have this argument with people over the years. It's insane. Our people are so sick. If something's written in a book, it doesn't make it true. Okay, so don't don't ever don't ever think I read something here. Get for it true. And then you're going to go out in the world and you're going to go to war over it. You're going to have to you're going to have to wade through an immense amount of garbage if you want to have an understanding of the past. That's one of the things that the great brand danger tries to do for you. He and his community of uh, teaching gods and goddesses is one of the things they try to do. Wade through the garbage to give you what is legitimate or at least for you to interpret and give your opinion on whether or not it is legitimate. But you'll find that when you look back in history, that way back, way back, there were non-white people and half-white people in, in like aristocratic roles. There weren't a lot, there weren't a ton because for obvious reasons. I mean, we were white, white countries, et cetera. But white people did not say, oh, well, you have X, Y, or Z. Clearly you are now, we're not gonna have anything to do with you. Look back to early America. Look back to the biggest, the largest slave owner in uh, Louisiana. There are these plenty of places that you can look to see what was really going on. But don't try to educate uh, with historical revisionism. That is an utter failure and whole generations have failed on it. Don't need to do that anymore. So can you feel the discomfort of white people? Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting. Right I just realized they chose that guy because of his uh, white heritage so that they could ridicule his ineptitude. My God, I'm good. If he had been like 100% black looking from Africa, no white genetic heritage whatsoever. And uh, keep in mind, all blacks in the United States, I mean, you can look at the data yourself, but all blacks in the United States who uh, have not come from Africa or were 100% black from the Caribbean up to the United States in subsequent years are chalked full of white genetics. So just keep that in mind. They don't even have to look like they can look 100% black and they take a DNA test and they got white genetics in them. So keep that in mind. But if this guy had looked 100% black, they would not have been able to make fun of his ineptitude. They had to make he's a, he's on a he's on a, uh, a narrative arc. Now, I guess they could have made him like an Urkel type, right? They could have had him look 100% black, but he's got the glasses on and he talks like this, right? Urkel from whatever that was called. They could have done that, but this is better because it visually demonstrates, hey, he's a little, you know, handicapped because he's got white DNA in him. So we have to be a little understanding. So on this character arc, he's going to be redeemed somewhere. I mean, I would not have been been surprised, and I, don't, I doubt they do it in this movie, but it would be very smart of them if they did. If when he is redeemed, if when he becomes the hero, they actually darken his skin. I would not be surprised at all if they did that. Probably didn't, but it would be a really smart thing for them to do. 
right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. Okay, so this is like uh, Harry Potter, where they crawl through like a window frame, and then they go to this weird labyrinthian world where black people are making sure everything's working well. Thank God. Thank God they're making sure everything is working well. You know, a president uh, gay of Harvard style. That's how they're making everything plagiarizing, plagiarizing Dr. Carol Swank. But Dr. Gay is how they're making everything work well. So I don't really understand. It's easier to say. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Listen to that question. What is the most dangerous animal on the planet? Would a white person even telling a, cl a clear and unadulterated joke, just joke, satire, be able to say that blacks are what he just said? You know, not in uh, the world today. Not without repercussion. Sure. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. Sure. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Sure. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. Okay, so this is how white people get hurt. This is how white people, like the father, I tweeted about this father days ago. White father of two. Nobody gave a shit. How many people actually retweeted it? How many people actually uh, gave it a like? Next to none. Tweet about this father, white father, just the other day in Kroger is harassed by three anti-white black monsters. Ends up being three of them. I, it says two in the meme, but that I created. The Obviously, he's not trying to have an issue with them. The store security throws them out because they're the ones being problematic. They wait for him outside. When he walks outside, they beat him to death. He died. They beat him to death. Right before Christmas, his babies and his wife, not just that their father or husband died, but that he was beaten to death. So nobody is confused about that. It's not like a bomb dropped on him. He didn't feel, didn't know it's coming. It's not like he was in an accident where it was instant dead, hit by an 18-wheeler, didn't even know it, didn't have time to think about it. Everybody knows that he was uh, terrified, that he saw life slipping away, that he could feel consciousness coming and going. Everyone knows. His children and, and wife know this. On Christmas This is how white people get dehumanized. And it's presented, and make no mistake, this presentation of it as a joke is actually where it starts. Anti-whiteism, joking about the value or lack of value for a white life is where it began. That's the way, that's the way you break the ice. It was with satire originally that uh, some of these worst meme pathogens are introduced into the population because you just can't go 
You just can't go and start off by saying, oh, you're just a bunch of monsters. You have to introduce it as a joke. At least they did introduce it as a joke. So this is just, it's this is par for the course. It's not like, it's just a joke and it doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. This reinforces the idea that the a spectrum of ideas in the in the anti-white narrative that white people are dangerous, that their lives uh, are are lives of harming others. What happens then when white women are picked for rape by anti-white blacks or Hispanics or whatever, or anti-white white guy? They're considering what they are harming. And is it is it of something of supreme value? Think for a moment, if you will of the life, the value of, of the life of a pedophile. Cr all criminals know that all of society, healthy society, condemns pedophilia and hates pedophiles. As a consequence, criminals, they're not motivated by, so many people get this just incredibly wrong. Like the murderers in jail don't have like one moral scruple that they will uphold under any condition. And that is you may not harm. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. Open your eyes. God, your white people, God, come out of the nursery room. Stop being such gullible oafs. Rapists and murderers and maimers and etc. They don't give a shit if some other criminal is harming a child somewhere. They just get to harm somebody to the applause of society. You, you take a look at these people who end up killing pedophiles in prison. They're, they are looking for, they get, they got like this, this like bizarre, this bizarre aura about them of, of like, like, I got to kill everybody because the value had no life. I mean, the life had no value, pardon me. The life had no value. And so they could take it out. It satisfies whatever other sick, uh, dimensions of uh, motivations they have. That's what's happening to all white people. That's why they won't let you say that non-white, inter-non-white group are animals, are the most dangerous animal, because they know it dehumanizes. And when dehumanized, it not only can be harmed with impunity, but it can be harmed with delight. It can be something that satisfies. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white I think that clock, oh no, that's a temperature gauge, an old temperature gauge. I think it says white tears on it. I can't tell. But there he's saying it right there. They've got to keep they got to keep us calm because then non-whites will get hurt if they don't. They got to keep us happy. Comfort every day. It does. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name is a little updating, maybe like magical black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. You ready? Oh wow. Your first client is a Jason Munn. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly. So there you have the white guy. Now, again, these are the movies. The presentation here 
is that this is a white guy. I don't know if he's actually a white guy or, you know, if he's a Jewish or he identifies as Jewish or identifies as a fire hydrant or whatever. He's he's presented as the white guy. Relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet, nice you. To meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? Okay, so there's the love interest music. And again, I don't know what she is. I don't look these people up. For all those people out there that always immediately look somebody up and they're like, let's go to early life. Could you imagine being in your 20s or much less any older and still saying, let's go to early life. Could you imagine? And still doing that? Who cares? All that matters is if the fucker is anti-white. That's all that matters. If the person's anti-white, then they're the problem. But the love interest comes in, so let's see what happens. Come on, man. She's smart and funny. And I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's Okay, so the 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 black guy has an interest in the girl who is presented as the white female, <laughs> irrespective of whatever. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a Yeah, she's definitely presented as a white female. And so the white guy is like, you're trying to set us up. That's great. And the, the black guy is uh, actually wants to hook up with the white female. This is like how many relationships will this end up affecting of white preteens and teenagers? Tons. Just like every other. Does anybody remember being in junior high school and high school and how a movie would come out? And immediately all of your peers would change. Was I the only one observing? I know I wasn't. Knights of the White Table observed this as well because they stepped back and they were like, wow, they all were just manipulated and manipulated like a bunch of dogs, like reeds in the breeze. And suddenly they're all changed. And suddenly the, the clothing changes to match the movie. The hairstyles change to match the movie. Same thing happens with music. This is why anti-whites dominate all that. They've, they know they've got to to manipulate the white population. And then the speech and behavior changes. I witnessed again and again and again, my peers, and it goes well up into adulthood, but it's most prominent in young adults, preteen, teen, uh, and uh, 20s, where you see this like transformation as a consequence of a movie, literally changing the way they talk, as well as uh, music literally changing the way they talk, using slogans from the movie, uh, acting as though they are in the movie. Like the movie's taking place. It's just immediate. Human beings are imitation machines. That's how we learn. That's one of the strengths is that we imitate. And these this presentation, and the biggest thing you find is that when there, is, when there are presented to people, this this new or or reinforced case of what is desirable for a woman you immediately see the desires of the girls change to conform to what is presented as desirable for a woman and you immediately see the guys begin to attempt to imitate what is desirable for a woman everywhere every i know i wasn't the only one uh, observing human behavior over the course of my entire life.
relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. And that's what blacks are just always doing, aren't they? They're just always putting us first. My whole guy, this is such an insult to me. Whole life, my whole life, down the toilet, putting non-white people first and blacks at the top of that list. Everywhere, every job, everywhere I go. And they're like, well, blacks are, they're the ones putting you first all the time. So there he's getting the door for her. I've always felt like it. Getting this door for all these white women and this guy. It's my job to make white people feel comfortable. And here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm going to need your help. Do you think you can, like, work your magic? Hey, is he talking about me? Hey. Oh, my. Wait, are you? But I traveled a long way. She's probably Jewish. But she's presented as the white female. Oh, they, my goodness. There ain't no way she's hovering. That's all I got to say. That, that Hollywood crane. Smoke's coming out of it. The motor's going to blow. The society. Who was it? Let it go like I told you. If you interfere with her or your client, you could have your memory erased. You won't even remember she existed. Even though we might never see each other again, I need you to know that what we had was real. I'm curious to see how you're going to make it out of all this. Is he going to, like, if they don't darken his skin, are they going to change his clothing by the end? There'll be a visual change. Let's go back here really quickly. Let's see. Well, here we can see that he's wearing high waters. It was the most painful thing. And that you can see the shoes. He's got like penny loafers and he's got high waters. I've ever seen walking awkwardly through the. Sorry. <laughs> and then let's jump to. See if we can get a better. view of him near the end i'm just wondering if rather than if they don't make his skin they don't change his skin if they don't make him look any darker any more black then will they do something with the clothing can't tell i mean he's got like a, a torn sweater on here it looks like and that's not necessarily something that nerdy us nerdy white people would have on right so I don't know. I'm not going to be watching it unless there's some great demand. But all right. American society of magical Negroes out there uh, magnifying the meme pathogen that white people are the most dangerous animal on planet Earth. A Promethean white Christmas and Yule to everybody who has shown up here today. There's the great Azimuth Clark. Southern Thunder is uh, with us. If you have uh, any comments, make sure you tag me and I will be sure to get to them. Cool Papa J Magic, did you know you are unsearchable on Twitter. 
I tried to find you and it's like your account doesn't exist. Wow. Wow. Is that right? Anybody else who's on Twitter, tag me if you have tried to search for me and I'm not coming up. Uh, we, we just had a couple of folks reach out saying that when they begin to type me in, my handle in to, to uh, tag me, that I no longer auto-populate. My name no longer auto-populates, that they have to type out the totality of my name. I will also tell you that two of my advertisements were taken down by Twitter X for, uh, how do they phrase it? For the, it, like, condemning or, I have to look it up, exactly how they phrased it. But protected groups, they actually use that verbiage. And I didn't say anything about non-white people at all. At all. In fact, one of the ones they took down was the advertisement about how uh, 2023 year of vindication doesn't say anything about non-white people. And they said it it uh, abridges, you know, whatever our uh, policy on hate. That was the verbiage of old Twitter. That was the way it was before. Where and the same thing happened on YouTube. Where you don't, you wouldn't even have to say anything about any other group of people, and they would still say, "Well, uh, you you breached our policy with regard to hate, and so therefore." So my guess is that really it can be only two things: X has been infiltrated, and these things are happening without Musk knowing, and he doesn't give a shit about us. Or he's capitulated behind the scenes. We don't say anything negative about any group, uh, an entire group of people, ever. And that's always how I've been. Because I've never condemned a group of human beings. I condemn people for being anti-white. And I invite everybody from every group to participate with us in our struggle against anti-whiteism. Let me see if I can. Our team manually reviewed your content and confirmed. Manually reviewed. I can pull up the tweet for you all to see. It doesn't say anything at all about any races or religions or protected groups, privileged groups. Our team manually reviewed your content and confirmed that it violates our hateful content policy. Some examples of content that violate this policy include hate speech. Didn't, didn't Musk say, what is hate speech? And that they're only taking a stand against things that are illegal in countries and that if the countries, he just said that in his he just was on that uh, that call on X where he just said, no, it's just if, if the people want to have different laws, they can make different laws and we'll abide by them. Well, here he has hate speech or advocacy against protected groups, individuals or organizations. Degrading references to events or practices that negatively affected a protect a protected group. And we all know there's only one group that's not protected, and it's whites. 
And to be really specific, it's white males. That's the only unprotected group there there is. And here you have from X. Thank you for contacting X ads. This is what they say. And now if you look on a, this has had to be a decision made by X. Because when an ad shows up on X, there is no button to click for hateful content. There's no button. You can't report it for hateful content. You know what's, and what's really fascinating is that we are the only community who are not playing the villain in the anti-white narrative and we're having success. And they, they're coming after us. This is, this is evidence that when made by those who play their villain is false, but for us is true. Let's see what else is here, and we'll keep rolling on this Christmas Eve. Yeah, I tweeted, I tweeted the other day, messaged on X the other day about how the United States is not going to be in a hurry to end the fighting in Palestine for this reason. That uprising, discontent is present in Arabic countries because the Arabic governments are in the minds of the people not doing enough to end the victimization of Palestinians. This is what they're claiming. This affords the United States and other Western countries the opportunity to infiltrate those dissident movements and thereby glean uh, espionage and set the basis for future color revolutions in the future. So at the moment, it is, a, it is a cornucopia of opportunity for the United States and other Western countries to get into Arabic countries and uh, to enter the discontent that is growing. I tweeted that, and it got like 67 views. And then, and and it, it wasn't moving. And then I retweeted, I tweeted it again. And then both of them moved a little bit. It was like one of those cases where not, and they did never got to much, never got to much, nowhere close. But it's one of those cases where it's kind of like you point and say, hey, look, I'm being censored here. And then they allow some views of it. But I mean, Give me a break. It couldn't get any more obvious. 67 views on a tweet about something that's timely and relevant. Let me see if anybody else, and we'll keep moving. 
Two suggestions for future guests from Eminem. Is that what that is? Chad Jackson. Blanchard Robinson. Both have channels. Black conservative Christians. Uh, neither are stuffy or easily offended. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will look into them. Let's see. Doxastic is here. All right. I don't see any more tags, so we'll keep rolling. Well, Jay Bishop is here. Great to see you. Maybe if you were an old wizard-looking man with an eye patch, they'd listen to you. Yeah, seriously. That's true. And that's what that tweet actually had, like, a, a wizard character on it. Uh, that's so true that it really comes from a place of deep jealousy. So if it's some old man or some stuttering academic, then they don't feel challenged and uh, they can they then feel like they can support. Oh, he he says they redefined white erasure in that movie as well. What what minute mark was it at? Tag me, and uh, I'll go back and look at that. That's relevant. I did not realize that because IBM is trying to do the same thing. The devious anti-whites there, they want to redefine white erasure because I'm going to tell you what, folks. The anti-white psychological warfare operators that are working for the anti-white oligarchs they're no slouches. They know what they're doing. They could see the power of white erasure and the weakness of white genocide. And that would be something that they would absolutely want to do is to redefine, to take away white erasure. So then you would have idiots that would be saying, there's no white erasure, but there's white genocide. Vase of Flowers is here. Yeah, it's 100% that it's it's deep jealousy. I I mean there are uh there are organization leaders who have been jealous of me. I didn't realize to what degree until I found out from behind the scenes for a very long time. And doing all that they could to undermine me. Now they're celebrating the changes in the conversation, societal conversation. You can believe that shit? All right, I'll be looking for that and we'll go back to the trailer. Hey, <laughs> hey. Thank you for, for pointing that out to me. I did not see it. Uh, let's see. Weston says, I've had the exact experience on Twitter. I put your entire handle in and you don't show up for me. Wow. Listen, folks. 
every one of you should uh, tag X and tweet directly. Well, you know, don't leave a space. Tag X at the bottom, but talk to them. If you put a, if you, if you tag X first, it'll, it won't be seen by anybody else. It just goes to them. So point out, hey, why is it when I type in at no white guilt NWG, it doesn't auto fill in and I can't search for him. What is it you have against the work that he's doing for white will being at X and do it like at X at X ads at whatever others. I mean, we got to bring attention to it. We've got to bring attention to it because the, the psych warfare operators will bring me and us down as much as they can while promoting having like their agents who work at Rolling Stone, for example, write a big article about people who play the villain so that folks get cor uh, get cornered, sort of quarantined, behaving in a way that is harmful for the resistance against our victimization. It was the, res the successful resistance was never going to look like their villain ever, ever. Would you, if you were in charge, would you telegraph that, hey, this is the way that you defeat me and my and my rule? If you did, you wouldn't be in charge very long. Melissa's here. Great to see you. Same thing happened to her on, tw on uh, Twitter. Well, please uh, tweet about it, like I just said. Okay, uh, Eminem said he. I came up. So this is the kind of, you remember years and years ago, I said that the smart way to, if, if the anti-whites were going to be smart and they weren't being smart about it, because you don't have the folks, the, the super devious, bright people who are working for the anti-white oligarchs making those decisions. You have anti-whites at different levels censoring. And the dumb way to go about it has been the way they've been going about it. The smart way would be what I refer to as glitch banning. So that in the vast majority of cases, it's not going to work. The vast majority of cases, you're not going to find the video. You're not going to find the content creator. But sometimes you will. And that'll be more than enough, those sometimes, to make people believe that there isn't any censorship going on. That'll be the way it moves forward. And there'll be generation after generation of white people who come up and they'll be firmly of the belief that, oh, they're, it's working. It just doesn't work all the time. And that they won't understand that that's censorship. Uh, Art Acrobats is here, says the magic movie is not only anti-white, it also looks and sounds like a lousy movie. It sure does. It's painful. The Great Fornol is with us. Wonderful to see. Vase of Flowers is here. Kingdom says, how do we counter the anti-white trying to redefine white erasure? We have to push it like crazy. We have to push it like there's no tomorrow. Fortunately, the concept itself favors our definition, which makes sense because it wasn't a new word. It's how we create these concepts. 
It, it, it was things that already went perfectly together that somebody wouldn't need a dictionary or et cetera for them to understand. So white erasure favors us. We have to use it more. We have to talk more about all the different forms of white erasure endlessly. We have to talk about it often and ever. And when content creators, if content creators begin using it the way that anti-whites want it used, we have to be there to say that this is a redefining of it to harm white people. Do not use it this way because you're harming white people. Anti-whites would like to redefine white erasure to mean that white people are erasing non-white people. That's happening nowhere, of course. So their usage of it is, is contrary to reality. Having said that, if they're using it in entertainment regularly, people will have that as their lived experience in a part of the brain that they live the majority of their lives. So we got to push. Great question. All right. Well, until we find out what minute mark, they say that uh, we're going to keep rolling. Get into something else on this uh, Christmas Eve. Working on Christmas on Christmas Eve. Nothing can stop us from serving white well-being. What was the next story we were... Oh, I did want to show you the Netflix garbage. And just very quickly, where is it? No, that ain't it. It's not that, not that, not that. Is it this? All right. So you got a Netflix movie coming out uh, titled Family Switch. And they showed a scene from it. And it's about the father, I guess, like his spirit changes into his son's body and the son's body to the father's body, daughter to the mother, mother to the uh, daughter. And the toddler exchanges souls with the dog, I guess. So let's see if I can pull that up. But the this is a, a trailer, a part of a trailer, I guess, for this movie. And unless it says otherwise, let's see. Scene from Family Switch on Netflix demonizes white people. A family in a museum and an uh, exhibit is broken. The worker explains, quote, some clumsy family came and knocked over the telescope. And you can know that was white because black people don't create problems like this. You mean problems with telescopes. But isn't it, isn't it interesting? You have the Society of Magical Negroes coming out saying that white people screw shit up, blacks have to fix it. And then in the, and keep it running. And then in the Family Switch movie coming out, you have this scene where the black guy is saying, white people screw it all up, black people don't screw it up. And here I am, the black guy, fixing what the white family screwed up. Isn't that interesting? People want to talk, you find these people in the white sympathetic sphere all the time. They want to talk about predictive programming. And it's just like this, you look into the predictive programming and they go well beyond the actual uh, what's actually happening with entertainment 
into this just shit simple crazy idea of the elites have a moral obligation in the universe that they have to tell you what evil they're going to do first and before they do it. I mean, really? How do so many people end up following ideas like this? God damn. Such untrammeled stupidity is rampant in Western civilization. So let's pull this up just for the quick look. Here it is. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, but the exhibit's closed. Some clumsy family came in and knocked over the telescope last night. And you know they was white because black people don't create problems like this. You can fix You know they was white because black people don't create problems like this. Can you imagine? I mean, it's it's already the case. We have all these white females that uh, that are out in the world, and they think that all these violent areas, these anti-white areas that are non-white, and they think, oh, that's I can go there because in all of my subconscious mind, I have all these memories of how absolutely wonderful non-whites are, and don't you think ill of them? Uh, Brad or Jeff, or don't you think ill of them? Because the reality is they just have these, these little innocent hurting hearts. White people create, white people create problems like this. Black people don't create problems like this. Yeah, I guess problems with telescopes. I guess I can get on board with that statement. Nothing but insult. If they can satirize my people, I can satirize right back. That's all. Working on my stand-up uh, comedian routine. CH says, you are the man, No White Guilt. Thank you for spreading this. Well, you are most welcome. I appreciate that very much. The, the statements... Uh, of endorsement and gratitude are extremely important because you can see how many these crypto anti-whites and then the imbeciles that follow them around and echo the kind of things that they're saying. When it, you can see how many of them want to slander, slander the work that we're doing, slander me personally because they they have no arguments, no arguments whatsoever. They don't come to debate. They demand that I not be present on shows when they're going to be there to talk. And then we find out that they're actually shysters and uh, they're they're just they're making money off of the following of the different groups. And they not only can they not lead white people, but they can't even lead their dog to take a shit in the woods. These people have no arguments, so it just devolves always into just slander. So the endorsements, the gratitude. I also I appreciate them deeply, but it's also necessary to counter the the negativity, the lies that are put out there about me and about us, white well-being. In fact, if you all want to do something productive when we're done here today, Red Ice is on Rumble and on Odyssey. They have the video up of their Yule special. 
And uh, as expected, I think it's maybe mostly on Rumble or the other way around, uh, where there are a couple of these crypto anti-whites. I don't believe these people are actual, uh, even antags anymore. I don't believe that they are like antique nationalists or national socialists. I don't believe it anymore. No one who actually cares about white people would wage endless war against the community doing so much good for white. You might be totally jealous of me. You might wish that uh, you could be as good horizontally as I am. You might wish that you could have played minor league baseball. You might wish that you were as intelligent as I am. You might wish on and on and on. You might wish all that. And with all that jealousy in place, if you cared about white people, you would see that what we're doing and you would at most just get away from no white guilt. Just get away from me in that community. They're doing for white people. They're clearly having tons of success, personal level success, all the way up to having, you know, this year getting iHeart Media Group to change the image they were using, demonizing little white boys. We did that. That's never been done by anyone else. None of these big think tanks, none of these uh, overly educated academic peacocks have ever gotten a media group to change the, and they're just crickets when we do this. It's like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me that they have nothing to say about that. So the most you would do, though, is the worst you would do is just get away to wage endless war, to show up everywhere I show up. And to slander me and to slander this community is the big reveal that you are an undercover anti-white, a crypto anti-white. You're pretending to be white sympathetic. And you're waging war on anything that's healthy and productive to arrest the victimization of white people because you don't want that to happen. You want the victimization to continue. So if you want to go over and you want to uh, say, don't even, I would not say, don't even argue with these people. Don't even bother because you're just, you're not up against somebody who's going to be able to hear reason. You're, it's an anti white, it's some purple haired freak anti white behind the you know the avatar of like the christian knight with a swastika on the shield and you know and a uh, a, a sword with a, cl a clear crucifix on it it's just some radical probably atheist maybe even satanist anti-white on the other end so what's the use if anything you could just go on their odyssey or on their rumble and say to henrik and lana share your actual appreciation that they had me on. Hey, that was awesome that you had on Jason Kuhn and No White Guilt. Thank you very much. You all are doing a great show and a great job. That sort of thing. And I appreciate it. So here you have the, the black guy saying, well, the white people, they're the ones who create messes and then us blacks have to clean it up. Yeah, that's reality, buddy. Yeah. But folks, what's reality in the real world? Is it what's actually happening out there? Where does the world matter when it comes to uh, influencing human beings. Where does it matter? Where is what's happening in reality matter when it comes to influencing human beings? Fiction. If you said what's actually happening out there, you've pressed the I'm still a conservatard button 
and you need to move away from it, back up slowly, and uh, never go back to that button again. What is happening in the world, where it matters, is in fiction. And that is, as I've articulated many times and in this stream, this very stream, we live the majority of our lives in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fiction and reality. It adopts fiction as reality, and that's where we're living our lives. So if they're putting out the meme pathogen that white people are the, the folks who break things and that blacks fix them and that blacks have to keep white people happy or it will get bad for non-white people, if that is what's being an MP put it out in the shows and in the novels, in the romance novels that are multi-billion dollar industry and there ain't no man reading those things. If that's what they're putting out there, people will believe 100% that it's white people who break things and that blacks fix them and that blacks have to keep white people uh, happy because if we get upset, then non-white people get hurt. And there's a couple elements to that meme pathogen as well. White people could never get angry because if white people get angry, then non-white people get hurt. So if a white guy is passionate and he's yelling about our victimization, he's angry, non-white people are going to get hurt. Which is a the most poison, one of the most poisonous meme pathogens at all. The idea of all. The idea that non-white people have to be harmed for white people to have well-being. False. So you watch. There, if you're sitting there hearing me say that and you think, no, nobody's ever going to believe that it's white people breaking everything and black people fixing it, then you're just demonstrating your naivete. Because there were white people uh, generations ago that of every one of the points now that, that wh the white race absolutely is obsequious before, prostrate before, they said never will happen. Pfft, are you crazy? Never will happen. So disgusting, absolutely disgusting. Once again, another, another piece of anti-white filth. Here's a short little piece of video we can watch, and I'll see what y'all are saying in the live stream. I think I have it. Do I have it or not? We have some financial gifts I'll be getting to. All right. I guess I'll just have to open it again. Let me go ahead and... Pull those down. And we will see a big a Promethean white Christmas to everybody and Christmas Eve who are here today. And uh, Promethean white Yule as well. Well, where in the world is the video? Oh, oh, I have it not there, but here. So let's go ahead and watch it. 
right from here. Fascinating, isn't it? Robot going in to clean the bathroom and doing a magnificent job. Just walked right in there, rolled right in there. Look at this. Mopping, wet vacuuming, wet vacuuming. The big question is, when you accidentally step in on the robot using the bathroom, do you apologize for breaching its privacy as it's in there? One of these days you're going to open the door and the robot's going to be on the toilet taking a shit. It's going to have like a coffee in its hand. It's going to be like, hey, what are you doing? I'm a friggin' robot taking a shit. Get out. <laughs> They're going to give the robots like accents. Yeah, Fernal says, You mind? It's not going to be, it's not going to be like, like old sci fi. Do you mind? It's going to have to be something really funny. Robot over here taking a shit. You walk in on the robot. Hey, and he's gonna let himself. People walked by. People walked by. Nobody thinks anything of it. I think I would probably, if I opened the door and there was a robot in there cleaning, I think I would probably say, "Oh shit!" There he goes. Look, he goes to the next bathroom. He's like, "I think I'll go clean this one." So, do we need a population coming in? to do the jobs Americans wouldn't do, to do the jobs white people wouldn't do. This is an anti-white meme pathogen, but of course that is to be redundant. The idea that there are jobs that white people won't do. This was really popular when I was very young. I was a much more popular MP when I was young. Well, jobs white people won't do, so therefore, if anything's ever going to be clean, if the yards are ever going to be mowed, if bathrooms are ever going to be cleaned, all of this, this was part of the MP. If the cherries were going to be picked, uh, if you still wanted your bananas or corn or all of this sort of thing, then you have to let in an unending stream of non-white people. The conservative argument that was the rebuttal, uh, which sounded... Uh, plausible, but of course has that deep kernel of weakness that enables it to always be beaten, which was, well, people should be paid for the work they're doing. That will increase the price to the consumer and uh, um, and then regulate how much there how much desire there is for said service or widget. And of course, these economic arguments are always able to be defeated by the moral imperative of anti-whiteism, this anti-white immoral moral imperative that is the social morality of our day. And they immediately bring up, what do they bring up? Things like they just want a better life. 
Why won't you let them clean your bathroom? They just, they have starving babies. Why won't you let them feed their babies? White people created conditions in their countries, their non-white countries far away, that have caused them to be miserable. And now they've come here and you are going to create conditions where they're still going to be miserable, where they can't have a job and clean your bathroom. You're going to create conditions where their little brown and black uh, babies starve to death and have to go without health care. And then what happens? Then the conservatives say, okay, they can come in. Okay, they can go to work. So the economic arguments always fall flat on their face when they're not bolstered by a new moral imperative, the white positive moral imperative. And to have a moral imperative means, how can I phrase this also? For our white positive moral imperative to defeat the anti-white moral imperative, the social morality of our day, there are a host of things that you cannot do or believe. All the things that are white negative, playing the villain, all of it, you cannot have present for there to be a defeat of the anti-white moral imperative. Does that make sense? So for all of those people out there who think that they're going to co-opt some of what I've done here, some of what we all have done there, some of this, some of that, they're going to co-opt it. And then they're going to couple it with Jay Spurging and Black Spurging and uh, Jew Spurging, Black Spurging, all of these other things, hating people on the basis of their birth. If you think you're going to be able to do that, talking about racial enemies and all this, you will not succeed. White negativity cannot, please write this down. Knights of the white table, white negativity cannot in any trace be a part of a white positive moral imperative because that moral imperative cannot undermine, cannot defeat the anti-white moral imperative if it is sullied, stained, etc. with white negativity. It cannot. So all these guys, I know there are guys out there. I've talked to some of them. Some of them are, are pretty decent people and they're, they're not bad people and they seem to want to do good for our folk. But what they do is they take some of what I've done, some of what you have done here as a knight of the white table, and then they co-opt it. They, they change the spelling. They change a little bit to because by doing that, suddenly it's their own. And then they pair it with white negativity. Jews are all bad. Blacks are all bad. Close quote. Asians are all bad. Hispanics are all bad, etc. They pair it with that white negativity and their accounts don't get in trouble. Their accounts don't get taken down. And they get the windfall of all of these white people who are white negative, who who rally to their accounts, they want to hear more about white negativity. They want more of the implication that it's if this anti-white, non-white person is is uh, bad and harming us, then everybody who was born that way has to uh, be harmed. They all have to go. They all have to have their their property confiscated or whatever it is. So they get this massive windfall and then ignobly. They don't direct people to the source where they got the information they co-opted. 
You notice that too? They don't tell people, hey, you know what? We got all of this from the no white guilt guy that has given his life to the well-being of white people and has, by way of the scientific method and his own intelligence and bringing in other very intelligent people, submitting it all to the scientific method, came to all of this. So make sure you go over there and that's the he's the source. They don't do that ever. No, they just act like they're the source. And as I was telling you, where I was making this point, they pair it with white negativity because they incorrectly conclude that if you just take some of these things and uh, you ignore other parts, like not being white negative, that you're somehow going to have success for white people. You won't have success for white people. You'll have success for you, your accounts, your donations, as I pointed out. You'll have much more success there because all these white negatives will show up at your door. But you're not going to have any success for white people because the moral imperative, the anti-white, immoral, moral imperative will stay firmly entrenched as the social morality. And it is, by way of that social morality, that origin of the claims that we have to do X, Y, or Z that's anti-white because of white people have done all this harm in the past, it is by way of that that our victimization will continue. So all these folks out there, they're like, Jason, people have you know, left this community. They're like, Jason, how, how do you, you don't, you don't really, you just want to be a center of attention. We're just going to co-op these things and, and uh, go do it ourselves. We don't need you. We can read your book and then take off with it ourselves. Well, that makes you swine for one thing. But for another thing, it's, it's simply not going to work. You're not going to make a copy of the key that we have created to unlock the chains that bind our people. You're not going to be able to make a copy of it and then run off and unlock anything like a thief in the night. So you have this argument from economy from the conservative types that people should be paid and you're just creating a like they're conservatives actually right now are looking when I was on red ice a couple of days ago, Fox news was sharing a number 214,000 non-white border crossers came across the border in December, right or wrong. Check it out for yourself. Might be wrong. Might be right. I don't know. Conservatives are actually arguing now that these people are slaves. The, uh, the, all of these moneyed folks, they just want a new class of slaves. They're slaveholders. That's how slavery is. is uh, oh, and what is slavery attached to? Just white people. So they're jumping on board, not, not a, a, a moral uh, measurement of ours that we abhor slavery. We do. They're jumping on the anti-white metric of slavery, which is, well, that's what white people did. I guarantee you, you will see conservatives saying uh, whites, uh, white Democrats are trying to be slave owners again. Then white Democrats, I guarantee it, probably will come out of Tucker Carlson's mouth. Those white Democrats are just trying to be slave owners again. It's not about, and it's never been about, 
bringing non-white people in to buoy uh, capitalism or to, uh, or to give these people a better life or any of that. It's always been about white erasure. That's the only thing that uh, is achieved by bringing them in. Because the anti-white oligarchs going back generations, my friends, could see the writing on the wall that tons of manual jobs would be done by robots. Cleaning bathrooms, plowing fields, cropping, uh, and further uh, being able to uh, perform medical work, medicine, lawyering. They knew this generations before the general population. They could see, not only could they look at the tech that the general population wasn't going to see for 20 or 30 years into the future, not only could they look at that tech then, but they could talk to the people building it. And the people building it going way back said, it's going to be able to do everything. The tech, the robots will be able to do everything. And indeed they can. But instead of the robots doing it, the anti-whites decided borders open, bring in, change the immigration laws, bring in as many non-white. When they changed the immigration law in 65, they were well aware that everything could be done by robots by the 2000s. They were well aware of it. They didn't need to bring in a single non-white person to do any work in America or anywhere else. This has always been about, the immigration, in my opinion, has always been about white erasure. Not about the economy, not about buoying capitalism, not about all of that. If capitalism couldn't survive a stable white population or even a shrinking white population, then it should get, be thrown away. Capitalism, the god of money, is not the reason we exist. We do not sacrifice our flesh and spirit for the God of capital. We sacrifice capital for us. If a system stops working for us, we get rid of it. So this has always been about white erasure, nothing else. Let me see what y'all are saying quickly. And uh, who else do we have here? Herman is here. Great to see you. We have the anti-whites targeting Christmas next. CH is here. Wing and Productions. Hello, hello. Great to see everybody. Mestizo Carf is here. Hello, brother. Uh, that was eight years ago on The View. Uh-oh, what else? Uh, Kelly Osborne got in trouble for making comments about Hispanics cleaning. I remember that. Yeah, she said, was it that long ago? Wow. I remember when she said, who's going to clean our toilets? And they're like, what? Yeah, it was so crazy because she, when she grew up, it that meme pathogen that they just want to clean your toilet. 
let them. Yeah, do you want to clean your toilet? Let them clean your toilet. That the echo of that argument was still very strong. So, you know, going back oh shit, all the way to the 60s or, or more, when you dig into these things and further, you find the argument, uh, let them in. You don't want to do that job anyhow, right? Uh, let them come in and, and clean the toilets. Let them come in and maintain the yards. And so that was still the echo going through the population of that MP. Now it's, uh, you absolutely cannot say, oh, they're here to clean the toilets uh, on a, on a, on a, a big scale like back then. And when you do like this, Kelly, they end up looking at you like, are you kidding me? They're here to take your job away as actress and doctor and et cetera, lawyer, physicist. That's why they're here. White people, you are the ones who are supposed to be cleaning the toilets. Merry Christmas, says the great Forno. Oh, Hehe says it's in another trailer, not the two-minute trailer. Clip, not the two-minute trailer. Uh, is it on Twitter? Can you DM me on Twitter with it? That young actress also appeared in the Wednesday Netflix show from Tim Burton, the one the anti-white, the one with the anti-white pilgrim scene. I'm not recalling the pilgrim scene. Yeah, I would really like to see them trying to change the definition of white erasure. If we can find that. All right. Winged Productions says, did you get my Christmas card? Does it say Winged Productions? And we're going to look at the cards in just a moment. Well, not just a moment, but today. And thank you for sending it. All right. Let's go ahead and pull. Oh, I do want to just read from this for a moment, wanting to hire fewer white men. So that, that was what's under consideration. Uh, for a job, they, this tribunal says this is not discrimination. Chris Palmer was turned down from a $100,000 a year job at a financial services company who instead opted to hire a woman after he was told at his job interview the company wanted to hire fewer white men. I was told the same thing two decades ago. We're not, we're not hiring white guys. Don't waste your time here. Go somewhere else. I'm like, what do you mean go somewhere? Everybody's saying the same shit. Go where else? This is what I've worked for. This is what I deserve. You know, go where? Different industry? Different, I mean... At an employment tribunal, the candidate said his failure to get the position as head of HR was based on the ethnicity and gender. So let me just ask this. What what's the dynamic for the for the white male and white woman dating household when the companies 
have for generations been hiring white women rather than men, than white men. Well, white women in study after study uh, are shown to have deep contempt for white males who make less money than they do. Deep contempt. They, they won't consider, they, they, they often won't date them at all, consider them at all. Or if they date, they won't consider them for marriage. Or if they do, they have nothing but contempt for them. Not everyone, of course, but these polls demonstrate it where they're asked how they feel about dating or, or being married to a guy who makes less money than they did or do or could. And they have far less respect for the man. How does this play out in every aspect of a marriage, in every aspect of a courtship, in every aspect of raising children, where the woman is has far less respect for the man because the white man, because he couldn't get the high paying job. He couldn't get a job making more money than her. He couldn't be the breadwinner. How does that play out? Well, it's immensely destructive. Every single white guy has suffered in one way or another from the dynamic that is created by hiring white women for the execs, the big jobs over white males. Now this guy's going to go off this Chris Palmer who deserved the job. He's going to go off and is he going to be able to work in financial services at all? Where his training and is he going to end up like being a bank teller, making like 38, 40 grand a year? Nothing wrong with that. But and then he's going to go out and try to date the woman who has the job that he should have gotten, making the hundred thousand. And make no mistake, with jobs that pay like hundred grand, there are all kinds of perquisites. Paid car, paid leave paid vacation, paid, all this other kind of stuff. Whereas you get the same kind of perquisites being a bank teller or working at Subway. Where's Chris going to end up in life? So then he says, I need recourse. I need to, they clearly told me no white males. It's against the law. Well, they go to the anti-white tribunal and they say, no, it's not against the law because we have deemed it not discriminatory. Everything I said is playing out exactly the way in society uh, that I said it would. So, so many years just being ignored and lied about and etc. And an employment tribunal, the candidate said, his failure to get the position as head of HR was based on his ethnicity and gender following the remark. However, the panel dismissed his claims ruling it was not, quote, indicative of intent to discriminate, close quote, when an employer mentioned its aim to improve diversity in the workforce. So what is, what is the, what is diversity at odds with? Is, is diversity at odds with black people? So do you get rid of them? Is it at odds with Chinese people? Do you get rid of them? Is it at odds with Jews? Do you get rid of them? No, it's only at odds with white people. If you have to improve diversity, you've got to get rid of white people. Think of the ramifications of this. And how do guys feel, by the way, guys who want to be the breadwinner and they feel as a man, they want to go out into the world, they want to make the money, they want to be a genetically, they want to be a provider. 
for a family, which means the, the woman that he marries and the children that they produce. He wants genetically wants to do that. What does that do to him psycho-spiritually, mentally and spiritually? What does it do to him when no matter how hard he tries, he's going to end up with half or a quarter of the salary that his wife is going to make, and he has to swallow that he can't be the provider. He has to swallow that uh, contempt that she holds for him. What does that do to him? And then what kind of a father does this make for the children? When the little boys and the little girls grow up in a household where these dynamics are at place, this injury is in place for their father. And therefore, how he communicates with them, how he engages in the world, how he communicates with his wife, who can just, if she wants, she can just be like, well, I've got social power, I've got legal power, and I'm the breadwinner. You're gone any moment she wants. And with most women being far more driven than most men with emotion, that can be whatever. And then there isn't any reason and logic to combat it because it was just emoting. Again, on averages. And that's why, that's why another reason why you see so many divorces in the West. You see so many women out there, by far it's females, according to all the data I looked at, that initiate the divorce. And then it's always like irreconcilable differences meaning that I have too much contempt for him. He's not the breadwinner. He's not in charge. And that's and, and why is she uh, uh, frazzled? Because society is telling her she has to be, anti-white narrative telling her she's got to be in charge, but she's not equipped to be in charge. She's not equipped to be a stable decision in most cases, in my opinion. You all can... Determine for yourself what you've lived with, what you grew up with. She's much more given to caprice. She's much more uh, destabilized by stressors, more, more so than males. Uh, just a fact, uh, as, as far as my opinion is concerned, something that's obvious. So what does this do? I could tell you it ruins. I, I could tell you 100%. There are a ton of white guys in the West that are not with a woman or who really don't want to be with a woman because of the self contempt they have to have by being with a woman. That she's going to be looking to him and he's going to have to make it happen and. Society is dead set against them, like Paul, Chris Palmer here. Anti-whites attacking Christmas. Let's have a look at that. And see what these anti-white eco-warriors... Don't ever call them this. See what they're up to.
Let me pull it up. Eco Warriors are now battling Christmas. Triple is here. Triple five. Let folks know that uh, we are at the Going Free Gathering, if you would, please. Let them know that we're here and that uh, we will be for our normal time uh, and that they should join us if they need something to do on a Christmas Eve or Christmas. Fit and Healthy is here. To, great to see you, brother. Merry Christmas to you, too. Rise is here. Hello and welcome. The great Franklinator continues to be ever-present. You know, Mr. Napoleon is here. Hello, hello. So Muski says, I experienced this exact same thing with white women when dating them when I was poor and blue-collar working guy. Yeah, every white guy, if they're honest, thanks for your honesty, will admit. So many white guys are insecure, and they, they'll try to cover it up. No, it's not a problem. No, no, I don't have any problem at all. Whatever. You know, whatever. Whatever. We all know the reality. We all know the reality. Ignoring it isn't going to help. Promethean Kitchen is here. Having a Merry Christmas with no white. Reptile is with us. Merry Christmas to you too, brother. Wow, we should, uh, maybe since we're going to be looking at a Christmas tree. Let's see. Tell me how the sound is. Uh, if it's too loud... is christmas and here we go we're talking about anti-whites look at these two monsters wanting to destroy everything there's your christmas tree that should be beautiful and instead of it being beautiful uh, we have this anti-white garbage spraying it but jason technically they're not talking about race i don't give a shit i don't give a shit they are white erasing that's what these doomsdayers are ever present at work. White erasing. And Christmas is just another target because white people practice it. Sound is good, says Nat. Thank you for getting back. Uh, in one of the season's most predictable developments, climate activists have declared war on Christmas trees, vandalizing holiday displays in cities across Germany. Like any new religion, the climate cult despises competition. Oh, can you believe this is how they're crap? You all are never going to get to putting an end to our victimization. This is just about competition between religions. Yeah, take that and go chew on it and spit it out like gum, because that's about how much value it is. Not only Christmas trees, but also... Raphael's Sistine Madonna? Oh, my God. As well as civic institutions recently having defaced Berlin's Brandenburg Gate? Execute these people. I'm not kidding. Execute them for crimes against Western kind. You do not come and deface our great works or monuments, or public monuments, you do not come and deface them like this. They, they come with the intention of destroying. 
with a great with great with great pomp and gloom the anti christmas tree group can you believe they're calling no they're anti-whites the anti-christmas tree group calls itself last generation well so if we if we take if we take this actually violent in my opinion destroying uh, vandals destroyers of western civilization and we give them a funny little name well then in the minds of the people who might fight back they'll be neutered and they in their in their heads and so they won't think that they are the problem that they actually are do you see how harmful this argument is this characterization is and while apocalyptic youth cults do not have a very inspiring record anywhere they have an especially ugly history in germany sig heil and jack boots and all okay good for you so in other words uh, this is them trying to connect because in the anti-white narrative nazi germany and everything nazi germany did that was awful is because of white people so totally this is uh, new york post I do not make the comparison lightly. I don't give a shit. There is a real debate to be had. So they're really just white supremacists. We really got to finish off these white people. There is a real debate to be had on climate policy, but these young vandals, why are you calling them young? Does that guy look young? That guy's in his 50s at least. How about this one? I mean, this is just outright softening. The, van, the, the destruction of Western civilization, white erasure, softening it so there can't be an active, vibrant defense. Well, these youngins, look at this youngin right there. And look at that youngin. Madness. What they are about is pure uh, millenarian hysteria with all its usual destructive features. The cult of youth. What are is this is this serious? This this guy is just lying outright to you. It's just a they'll grow out of it. They're young. They're just destroying Western civilization. And while they're doing it, they're Nazis. They're white supremacists. The German cities that endured this Christmas tree vandalism have seen the sort of thing before from the uh, Protestant iconoclastic roots riots of the 16th century to the book burning and church stripping a few hundred years ago. There's nothing new here. Well, the thing that's new is you totally categorizing anti-whiteism as white supremacist and, and youthful when you can see aged anti-whites. I guarantee you, look at this horrible, look at that. Ex execute. Unless that comes off with water, execute. Look at this. And you can look at the both of these guys 
and you know with certainty that if you talk to both of these guys, that they have uh, anti-white positions galore, absolutely galore. That's what attracts these people to these doomsday is destroy Western civilization now, because if you don't, then it's going to destroy the world and we won't have anywhere to live. That's what the doomsdaying is all about. Climate change is a real issue that requires a real response. Ironically, our European cousin. No. Why are you accepting this premise that it's anthropogenic? And that, therefore, we have to do something about what we're doing. Why accept that premise? That's it seems like it's the conservative mindset. Give them some of their argument. So then they will respond in kind with reciprocity. No, that's not anti-whites have never worked that way. Ironically, our European cousins uh, were until recently among the best positioned to actually do something about carbon dioxide emissions. Unbelievable. Kevin Williamson. Well, uh, you guys can understand what it actually is. These are anti-whites at war with the expression of the white race. If you are at war with the expressions of the white race, that path inevitably leads to white people as the problem. Clip that, baby. If you remember that, if you are at war with the expression of expressions of white people, then you are at war with white people. And that's what these people are. You ask them, and they'll happily tell you how, how anti-white they are. A reptile wrote, 53-year-old 53, 53 teen destroys expression of the Western bio spirit, precisely. Uh, Yender is here. Hello and welcome. Hank says, Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's all have a no white guilt Christmas. Amen to that, brother. Thank you. And good to see you. Let's all have a no white guilt Christmas. I'm glad you all showed up to come together on this Christmas day, Christmas Eve. How about we tackle dismantling the United States? This by a person who considers herself an American Indian. Did you all hear about this? This is the kind of thing that's been on the lips of academics forever. And as a consequence, not taking them seriously, not having the moral imperative to push back, we now see the ideas visited upon real flesh and blood living people, us today. University of Minnesota professor calls to dismantle the U.S. to fight colonization for Palestinians. Now, I wonder if the uh, 
others in the white sympathetic sphere are big fans of hers right now. University of Minnesota liberal arts professor called to dismantle and decolonize the U.S. during an anti-capitalist pro-Palestinian event. Dr. Yazi, a member of the Navajo Nation, Navajo, do we have to have drums going? Uh, nation, an assistant professor of American uh, Indian Studies at UMN Twin Cities, joined the teach-in panel discussion on December 3rd, where she made several controversial statements. Yazi, who boasts of teaching about, quote, queer indigenous studies. Isn't that something? Here we have on this pottery a, an American Indian male mounting an American Indian male. Uh, and Marxism on her university biography page joined the state. So what is she? She's anti-white, anti-white. No need to say that she's, oh, she's a queer indigenous studies professor who's also interested in Marxism and anti-capitalism and just, just muddy it all up so that you share nothing of any value whatsoever. She's anti-white. That's why these positions, that's why she holds these positions. Don't you, don't you get it? It's not reductionist to say that she's anti-white. These positions are a consequence of her being anti-white. We're not going to something that's too simple. We go to the origin. Not, not something that is too superficial and incorrect of an assessment. We go to the origin, the cause of these positions. According to the professor, it's, quote, it's our responsibility as people who are within the United States to go as hard as possible to decolonize this place. Because that will reverberate all across the world. What is the meme pathogen decolonize? Who is the colonizer in the anti-white narrative? American Indians were incessantly. Take a look at the reading of history of the, the lore of American Indian tribes, as I have in the past, but do it for yourself. And you will find that they were ever at work colonizing each other as best they could every time. They came across each other, better hunting lands, better warfare. And some of it, the most bloodthirsty uh, stuff that you could imagine in these stories. Check it out for yourself, though. Colonizing the shit out of each other. But in the anti-white narrative, there's one colonizer. It's the white race. So then, do I really need to do the math of what decolonization means? Again, we go back to what I was saying a moment ago. If you're at war with our ex bio-spiritual expressions, that trail inevitably leads to white people. It's what we produce onto the world. If you are at war with those expressions, you are at war with us physically. If she is at war with colonization, the expression of the white race, in other words, in her environment, she is at war with white people. Inevitably, it leads back to decolonization, leads back to no white people. She'll object to that 
uh, definition, description. But if we started a conversation out with her where she wasn't on guard for being revealed for what she is and for, it would be very easy to walk her directly in that direction and see what her objective, her inobjective would be. So she's saying we need to decolonize, de uh, we need to e white erase white people from America. That's what she said in that sentence. To decolonize, we have to white erase white people from America. Point out to you that she is an anti-white Indian. That's what she is, an anti-white American Indian. Every bit as bad as any other anti-white, no worse than any other anti-white. She is an anti-white Indian. That's who you blame, the anti-whites. Because the U.S. is the greatest predator empire that, quote, because the U.S. is the greatest predator empire that has ever existed, she explained. That's what it is. The greatest predator empire. As though other races of man, if they didn't have the ingenuity of the white race, the creativity, the industry of the white race that we seem to demonstrate in the world. I'm, I'm sure anti-whites would just say that's all theft, whatever. If they had all of our inventions, creations, etc., and were ahead of us in creating greater tools of, of conquest and etc., they would all just sit on their hands because they're all just little cherubs in the anti-white narrative. They would all just sit on their hands and they would do nothing with their greater uh, tools of conquest. With their lesser tools of conquest, they still endeavor to dominate. They do it on an individual level. They do it on a group level, groups within their overall group, not the totality. Just like white people, every group of, of mankind does this. You need a different species if you want a different outcome. The professor, the anti-white Indian, American Indian, who studies queer American Indians, co-founded the anti-colonial, that is outright saying anti-white. Nobody else's colonizers in the anti-white narrative. It's all white. So to be anti-colonial is to say she's anti-white. She's founding a group that is anti-white and then also anti-capitalist group. Now, uh, do you think she's only talking about the, the wealth held by non-white people or that she's even including the wealth held by non-white people who make themselves fabulously wealthy off of capitalism and the localized socialist networks? that they exploit for that wealth? No. If Oprah showed up or if some anti-white American Indian showed up with shit tons of money made from customers in a capitalist environment, she's not going to turn them away because she's anti-capitalist. She'll take their money. That's how the shit gets funded. No. When she says anti-capitalist, she means wealthy white people. So she founded a group that's anti-white and anti-white, and she actually called it 
the red nation, which if you're not, if you're unaware around the world in the United States, there are color labels given to the different races that have permeated the rest of the world, uh, especially when it comes to white and black. So white people around the world, Westmen, Western kind are called white, uh, blacks around the world, whether they are from Zimbabwe or whatever, they're called black. American Indians were given the, the label red. And partly because when encountered uh, by white men and, and women for the first time, we saw a lot of people with uh, brownish skin that was sunburned and there was a red hue to it. And they gave, and they gave them that name as a consequence, an easy turn of phrase as a consequence, instead of Comanche Nation, Navajo Nation, all of this sort of stuff, when they were talking about the collective. Obviously, when they broke it down, for clarity, they were speaking about specific tribes or what have you. They spoke about specific tribes. So she actually took that name and said, the Red Nation. Now, we can do what other content creators, organization leaders do. We can now say, could you imagine if we created the white nation? Could you imagine if a professor started the white nation? Yeah, well, we know they would be fired. That's not a point, though. That's not actually doing something. We have to say, why is it like that? How do we overcome it? That's what, did you see the video that I posted on Twitter? Probably not, where I had come across a video of the eight things that somebody else had produced eight things that that successful people never do. The first two are what the totality of the white sympathetic sphere do as the substance of their activism. All about complaining, all about not taking charge or taking responsibility. And so at the at the sec after the second one, when he got ready to start talking about the third one, I said, actually, that's enough. Two's enough. And then played that Black Betty song. It's a funny, it's a funny tweet. So it's to do nothing by just pointing this out and, and pointing out the hypocrisy or the double standard, which is why we go further. The go free method goes further, which is why we're having success. Okay, now the Red Nation hosted the Palestinian event at the New York City for healing justice in Minneapolis. Whatever. Healing. We already know that's white people harming non-white people. Justice. White people harming non-white people. That's the injustice. The justice is white people, by way of equity in the anti-white narrative, white people being harmed. Decolonization harming white people. Oh, but by all means, go side with her because she doesn't like the Israelis today. <laughs> Yazzie said that her group wants the U.S. to get, quote, out of everywhere. Now, that's someplace I can agree with her for the most part, including Palestine and Turtle Island, a name used by some American Indians do not native is a meme pathogen to say you are not in the right place, white man. You are not a native to the countries that you create.
So don't use that if you're going free. Otherwise, go use it to your heart's content. Jason said we could not use. He said he's trying to be a wordy policeman. I'm teaching Kung Fu. If you want to learn Go Free Kung Fu and kick ass, then I'm going to tell you how to do it. If you don't like that, if you want to continue getting your ass kicked out in the world, then go do that. Jason trying to tell me. So Turtle Island, that's what they, I've read about this before many years ago. This idea that the whole of the world is on the back of a tortoise shell. One of the myths of some American Indian tribes that I read about back in the day. And, uh, and I thought to myself, that's genius. I wonder how we measure the turtle. Thank God that they came up with that myth for us. Absolutely should supplant all of our understandings of science. And it's on par. It's absolutely on par. So America is Turtle Island. It's more like she's turtle heading as she's sitting in that meeting needing to go take a shit. The goal, she says, is to dismantle the settler project that is the United States for the freedom and the future of all life on this planet. All life on this planet, she continued, very much depends on that. All life on the planet very much depends on white erasure and therefore biological white erasure. All life on the planet depends on it. Now, that's totally faith-based. That has no basis in reality. They can't say how the world will be better off by getting rid of all white people. But we can very easily point to the reality that life is better for non-white people in Western countries when white norms and customs, et cetera, prevail or dominant. Why? Because every year that there's more white erasure, we can see things getting worse for everyone, including non-white people. You can see it right in front of you. These arguments that make appeals to history or to abstractions are always going to be weaker. One of the most important things, if I just can remind you all again about the development of the go free method is so that normal people could adopt the concepts and use them in their world and crush. You're not a normal person if you have to go study uh, all of this historical revisionism and you have to go study all these abstractions and then you have to try to bring all this to bear in a conversation with other ordinary folks who aren't going to give a shit about it, they're going to be thinking, you're you're some kind of a loon. I've learned different from all the schools and everybody around me has learned different from all the schools. It's a total waste of time. I have made this as easy as possible and, and successful at the same time. So she wants to get rid of all white people. But oh yeah, go ahead and side with her because she doesn't like Israeli Jews. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Go ahead and side with these anti-whites because they don't like Israeli Jews. And then next week, they're going to be kicking the shit out of you, metaphorically, 
uh, next week. They're going to be kicking the shit out of you uh, together again in France, in Canada, in Australia, etc. The Settler Project. The leftist activists continued to imply anti-white that the, quote, entire world changed with the October 7 Hamas terrorist attack on Israel in which Hamas terrorists slaughtered more than 1,200 Israelis. Okay, obviously somebody here who is a, a supporter of Israel, uh, and that's the tenor of what I'm reading there, because we can obviously say, every sane moral person can say, how reprehensible uh, and terroristic it was to invade and kill innocent people. Quote, it is a righteous struggle, and it is so powerful that it has literally in 60 days changed the entire world, Yazi said. The end. So she's, she's ginning up anger over the Palestinians killing Jews in order to get momentum for her war on white people. Yeah, good choice of allies there. Maybe that's why groups like the NJP uh, always fall apart. Uh, Yazzie laughed as she instructed audience members to, quote, lean into scaring them and making them feel uncomfortable. And that's one of the other things. Uh, quote, she ends, I hope you seek to dismantle the United States. Yazzie said while the crowd applauded. Monstrous. That's one of the things that we, in service to white well-being, have to master, and that's making those around us feel uncomfortable. It can be a little discomfort. It can be a lot. It depends on the person and where you're taking them and how much of an issue you have with them. But making them feel discomfort is don't let them feel comfortable. Don't don't let your normal uh, white nature of not wanting to cause offense because the other person might not feel good. Don't let that get in your way. If somebody's being anti-white, tell them. Say you could say it nicely. You could be a Christmas di Christmas dinner, and they're saying something anti-white. You could be like, "Come on, Phyllis," whatever the name is. Come on, Phyllis. That's anti-white. I don't let's not do anti-whiteism at Christmas dinner, okay? Can we can we sidestep the anti-whiteism at Christmas dinner? And then she looks immoral, she'll feel bad, and she should. If she says, Well, I don't think it's anti-white, I do. And so let's not do the anti-white thing, please. Let's just have a loving Christmas dinner together. That's all you got to do, folks. And you win at the dinner table which is where we lost the West. We didn't lose it on a battlefield. We lost it at the dinner table. We didn't lose it on some farmer's field or at some creek or some great plain somewhere. We lost it at the dinner table. So we got to get right about this or there won't be. There won't be a West to fight for. What do we have next? Do you all hear me okay? Still with the music playing? We'll pull this down. 
and uh, we will jump into the Lincoln Memorial was defaced. Did you all even hear about that? Probably not. And then when we come back, we'll have our swashbuckling, and I think we'll do this uh, Schellenberger, a little bit of his speech, because he's the new, he's the new, uh, you know, golden baby for white people. Uh, good, good mix, says Triple Five. Thank you. He's the new golden baby. They're all turning to him. This anti-white, uh, mealy-mouthed bitch, escaping the woke matrix. Sickening, you ask me. Did you all hear about the Lincoln Memorial defaced last week? It was, so let's find... Take a look at that. You probably didn't hear about it being defaced because not many news agencies, uh, agencies or papers that are owned by anti-white Jews are going to want to tell you about people who are supporting Palestine, of which I'm not one. I don't, I want innocent people to not be killed anywhere on planet Earth, including over there. But my concern is for my people who are being butchered and raped every day of the year in numbers that far exceed anything that was ever attributed to the white race in Toto. Uh, so I want the innocence and any murdering of innocence I consider absolutely reprehensible and the people who do it monsters. Having said that, Lincoln Memorial steps vandalized with free Gaza graffiti, red paint. Washington, the National Park Service, is working to clean. And I will tell you all, I will share with you all, maybe some of you remember, that I planned a an action, a public action, at the Lincoln Memorial two decades ago. And it was going to happen. It was going to be big and beautiful, and it was going to be news around the world. And then... People in the group that I was in all chicken shitted out of it. And I would have had to have done the entire thing alone, which would have made videotaping it uh, impossible. And I'll tell you about it, though. National Park Service is working to clean the steps of the Lincoln Memorial after vandals splattered red paint on the ground and scrawled the words Free Gaza in several places Wednesday morning. Just out of curiosity, do you know how people who support Gaza are able to go out and commit crimes like this? Uh, able to gin themselves up? Anybody know? It's because they believe that they are in the moral right. Why is it that white people don't go out and stand up for white people? It's because they believe that standing up for white people is immoral. You're welcome. NPS spokesperson said that by Wednesday evening, conservators removed almost all of the latex and spray paint from the area around the Lincoln Memorial reflecting pool so it's actually like on the steps leading up to it if you know like where the reflecting pool is and you got the steps leading up and then the lincoln memorial 
and it's on the steps like i think the first deck of steps in the first wall that leads up to the next deck of steps is where they went and this is this is stuff that is damaging this is stuff that's like in the uh, the stone that they have to clean out the spokesman said uh, that the team anticipates the site will be completely restored and all paint removed following the final treatment. NPS conservators began the process by removing the paint almost immediately off after it was discovered. The steps on the west side reflecting pool, the incident remains under investigation. Now, we're talking about post-9-11 Washington, D.C., and they don't know who did it. They had no idea who did it, uh, they, um, they're, they're asking for tips for God's sake. I thought DC was covered in cameras. I thought, et cetera. You know what? Maybe they know exactly who did it or people who are working throughout the different levels, the different positions, the law enforcement on the field, the different branches of law enforcement on the field, the people who are responsible for looking at the cameras and following the, the folks who walked back to where their vehicles or whatever Maybe those people believed that the moral thing to do was to let these folks go. Now do you see how important it is to have a moral imperative, especially for white people? Maybe footage has been lost. Maybe footage deleted that would have revealed who these people are. Maybe law enforcement could have caught them on the, on the spot. This is how victory or failure can conspire for you beyond your knowledge. This is a very difficult concept for the vast majority of the midwittery to comprehend, which is why they shouldn't try and they should stop showing up and attempting to tell me how wrong I am. This is exactly how victory or failure conspires for or against you with maybe on occasion, but in most cases, without even you being one iota aware. You're welcome. It says here, defaced with paint and vulgar messages, writes this pro-Israeli author, in June 2020, National Park Service crews cleaned graffiti from monuments and memorials around D.C. region after they were vandalized by protesters as well. I guess we can watch a little bit of that video. Christmas energy going on here, yeah. but obviously we're still a news organization and we want to get to Bob. Martin. Look at this local news station. Three non-whites, one white woman if she's not Jewish. This is, in this position right here, this white woman is the reason why so many white females, by no means all, have continued to support anti-whiteism because they still got a spot. Now, if you're a white guy and you want to get on the news crew, uh, you better be ready to bend over the back of the couch and bend over and like it 
But here you have two blacks when the population is 13%. And then you have this other non-white woman, maybe Hispanic, maybe Arabic, I don't know. Right now, because we understand uh, that we've got some breaking news we need to address. Bob, what can you tell us? It looks like Bob could tell us that he's cold. Yeah, Holly, we're here at the Lincoln Memorial this morning, and you've got National Park Service crews here trying to get rid of some red paint that is on the lower steps here to the memorial, and you can see they're working here. Look at that. There's a lot of red, like, splashed out where they are on these steps, and uh, they're are like several places where it says free Gaza, free Gaza. So we don't know of any kind of planned protest that was going on or if someone early this morning in the middle of the night uh, painted this here. But let's walk up a little closer. This guy sounds like he might have been bent over the couch, doesn't he? Closer here, you can see there's just like a lot of uh, red splashed paint here on these steps that they're kind of like scraping off at this point, trying to clean up. Jesus. And uh, again, the only words are free Gaza, one, two, three, four, about six different places. And you can see they've got this whole area here cordoned off. It's it's uh, right in front of the, between the there it is. There's pool the pool and the Lincoln Memorial. And I just want to pan all the way around to show you that we're at the lower steps here. There's construction on the the uh, museum and, and the, the, the work that's being done beneath the Lincoln Memorial so it's not on those main steps to the memorial but here on the plaza from the reflecting pool up to the Lincoln Memorial and again we don't know who's behind this when exactly this happened but okay that's about you got it you get the picture uh, that is the defacement over there now I'll tell you I wanted to bring two decades ago attention to the work that I was doing for white well-being to go free uh, which was smaller back then. But um, I want to bring attention to that. I wanted to bring attention to the victimization of white people. And I had pulled off a number of stunts that had worked successfully, stunts that forced the media to talk about us in a way uh, that uh, made the reporters, the media looked bad. And so I had a, a bit of a, a reputation for outwitting the anti-whites. And I came up with this idea that I was going to climb onto the Lincoln Memorial and I was going to pour a red dye that's washable. And I'll tell you what I, extent I went to to that, to figure that out, over the, both the hands of Lincoln which would have run the bread down from his hands on that throne and would have looked like blood-covered hands. Think about the visual of that. And then, just like the assassin, I was going to yell, Six Semper Tyrannus, ever thus to tyrants, the Virginia State motto, leap off of it, run off into the night. I needed assistance from people in the group. Definitely somebody to film me while I did this. Uh, and in order to pull this off with the least possibility of serious punishment or, or least to mitigate, I researched the type of stone that or substance, I can't even remember exactly what it was now, that the Lincoln statue is carved out of and the substance the the Hollywood fake blood that I was going to use to ensure that 
it would be just easily washable with water. They could just throw water on it, it would come right off. It wouldn't be any sandblasting. There wouldn't be any damage at all to the Lincoln Memorial itself. Not like what's happening here with spray paint. Okay, so this was going to be absolutely innocuous red liquid that was going to come right off of the Lincoln Memorial, not leave any stain or mark whatsoever, not require any chemicals, et cetera, just come right off and then run off into the night. And then, of course, the news was going to say, what in the world is this? We were going to release the video on the Internet. Uh, there was going to be a couple of websites. We we're going to release the video on these sites, and it was going to have uh, a, pre a proclamation about the victimization of white people. It's going to be using uh, anti-whiteism, anti-white, white erasure. There was a whole thing that I had written and uh, that was going to be up on this. So the whole world would look at it. And then these words would be in everybody's mouths. Well, the entire time I was planning this, the people in the group, the, the guys at first that were going to participate, they were like, yeah, yeah, I'll participate. But then even they were saying, you're going to go to jail for life. They'll, they might even shoot you dead at the memorial. That's what they started telling me. They will kill you right at the memorial. And if you don't get shot, because I said, well, hey, look, if I jump off the lap of Lincoln and some cop pulls out a gun and points it right at me, I'm just going to surrender, like throw water on it and, and, the, and the, the red liquid will be gone. So, you know, what's going to happen? Am I going to get like a fine? Am I going to what? Maybe I'll get probation. And these were the kind of things that I was thinking. I was thinking it would be worth it. So we could we could get some real headway two decades ago. Two decades ago. And they said, oh, you're going to get shot. Then the other one was, even if you don't get shot, uh, there are cameras all over D.C. and, and uh, Northern Virginia. They will follow you back to your car, no matter how far you go on foot. Uh, and there were some other things I won't talk about. But no matter how much you were going to do to get away, they will be able to know it was you and they'll find you. Even with all the things I said that I could do to get away, they'll find you. They'll kick your door and they'll swat your house, the FBI. They'll drag you out on your face. This is like the stuff they were telling me. And it, all to just stop this, this action from taking place. Drag you out on your face and then you go to jail for life. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm still will. I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe they'll catch me. I think that I'll probably get... Uh, I remember I looked it up with another guy, uh, the kind of penalty... I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really minor. It wasn't defacing a monument. It was something else because the, the, the paint would not paint, but liquid would come right off. I can't remember what it was, but I felt certain that if I got caught, I hadn't done any damage. They might, even if they want to make an example out of me, give me a big fine and uh, maybe some probation or something like this. And then everybody quit. So they essentially tried to talk me out of it and then they quit. And so then I was left with trying to figure out how can I do this on my own? And there were a bunch of problems with the plan. Oh, they all quit. 
basically because they concluded that they would end up going to jail for life. These and some of these guys were were big talkers. Some of these guys were the ones that well, you know the day's gonna come when the flag's gonna go up. And okay, but you can't do this because you might get fined, you might have to serve 30 days in jail or whatever it is. You know, the 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 claims, the histrionic claims of well, you go to jail for life. They knew that wasn't true. Uh, yeah, you might get a big ass fine. You might have to, you might get probation. You might go to jail for 30 days or whatever back then, two decades ago. But you're not going to more than two decades ago. What am I saying? Holy crap. Uh, but they couldn't even do that. So you really think they're going to go out there? And oh, not only that, some of these guys that I'm thinking of specifically, they wouldn't even come out leafleting. They were ready for when the flag goes up, they're going to war, but they wouldn't even pass out leaflets. Losers. Anyhow, there were all these kind of problems then. I got all the way where I was still going to, uh, I was still going to do it. I was just going to go ahead and park my car right there. I was going to walk right to my car and just accept, okay, guess I'm going to jail. They've got me, but at least I'm going to drive away tonight. Uh, while the adrenaline is pumping. And the problem was, though, that I had I was relying on a uh, somebody I didn't know, some tourist there to videotape me. And then to put that videotape on the Internet. Or the news to put their videotape on the Internet. For then that I could grab the videotape or still images, and I could then put these on these websites. Well, for all I knew, they weren't going to show any of the images. And it would have just been like a total loss. Just the whole thing, getting fined, going to jail or probation or whatever, just a total loss. So it never ended up this, the Lincoln Project, there's a different one these days, uh, never happened. I forget what I called it. I had a cool code name for it. Art Acrobat says Vietnam War broke white well-being more than anything else, in his opinion. So that is the action that never was, I'm afraid. But we here are today doing much more than I would have accomplished back then. And uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of music. I'm not going anywhere, uh, but we're going to listen to a little bit of music, and then we're going to continue with you all, your cards, your comments, your financial gifts, when we come right back. My brother says it might not happen. But he's got dreams and longs of passion Dedicated to reclaiming our home But passing it on to his kids is in the unknown So much time and heart is then he left with this Well I would know cause I've had it the best Hoping to be blessed by his goddess a kiss Take a look around you are already rich Your Promethean dreams are reality Your Promethean Extreme beauty And you can't give up on all us When all that I can see 
wake and take her The power's in your hands for you to land and save her He pulls a boulder rumbling fast and steep A Promethean heart is all you need Your Promethean dreams are reality Your Promethean queen has extreme beauty And you can't give up on all us when all that I Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, some quick swash over here. Make sure that your fellows and your your uh, neighbors and etc. can hear you and hear your celebrations. Raucous emojis, particularly swashbuckling flags for these champions. I want to see them, folks. Let it be the floater, the floating hearts or whatever it is we got to get excited because if we don't nobody else will we're going to celebrate first off gentile gentleman is having a son of the west just give it up for this guy some baby emojis some happy baby emojis a son of the west gonna take on the anti-white narrative god bless gentile gentleman and his wife we also want to celebrate the great in-person IRL activity going on in the world. Let me pull that up right now. So many amazing things that are happening here, there, and uh, yonder. The swash continues, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get some swashbuckling flags. I have kept born guilty in the public eye for five suppressed years. That's some big swash. Make sure you celebrate with the flags, with the raucous emojis, with the Christmas trees, with the 007s. We're born guilty in all of the eyes and minds that it's opening. I love the recent comment said uh, a, a non-white woman uh, said she's seeing more and more uh, underneath one of my ads, more and more of this discrimination against white people and slander of white people. She's going to have to get this book, she said. Give it up for the epic swash, and let's keep it going. You know who this is, ladies and gentlemen. It's the one and only Franklinator. Big swash, big champion. Wallpapering. The wallpaperer. We're going to have to call him from now on. 007s. 007s. Raucous emojis for the swash in the real world. IRL. Franklin uh, has more photographs of more swash in the world. I share with you 
a new and, and I know some of them might look the same. It's just shit tons of them. They're not the same. It's amazing over and over. You can go back and check. You got that. And then you also have White Baron on the other side of the globe. Swashing IRL. We have some other folks champion swashing as well. We don't have photographs of them this time or from them this time. But big 007s to these. Get out the raucous emoji flags. I love it, folks. I love the raucous emoji swashbuckling flag. The big swash. You'll note when I when I told Lana that we call it swashing, she laughed. She thought that was really cool. Because it is cool. Check this out. This is a Spaniard in a video that he made using anti-white. Now, you all remember that we translated our champions here. I wish I had the names of everybody who translated into Spanish, the Go-Free Lexicon Dialectics. We translated into Spanish, Swedish, French, German, on and on, numerous languages of Western kind. Now you have this big content creator, 509, half a million views using anti-white about Grand Theft Auto, that's what you did. That's what White Wellbeing did. That's what Team White Wellbeing, that's what the outreach team did. This is a world transformed by our labors. You might live an ordinary life with the rest of your days, my friends. You might go to a regular job with the rest of your days with some shitty boss during the rest of your day. But when you leave there, you are like Clark Kent turned Superman, Superwoman, The world bends a knee to you. And then, just as we predicted, as I told so many who half believed or believed or detractors, give it up, by the way, for this Spaniard using anti-white. God bless you, brother. And for everybody who translated it to get to this hero. But just as I predicted, even for the detractors, that this would cause the anti-whites themselves to even use our lexicon, because that's what we're speaking with, which will demonize themselves. And take a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it, an anti-white on Twitter mocking this guy's use of anti-white. And that has almost 500,000 views over on Twitter, exactly as we want them to fall into this trap. And this information brought to me by the good, the godly, the Franklinator, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Love it celebrate it it's truly truly amazing let's move on to look at this chart from end wokeness we have end wokeness a gigantic account we don't like wokeness of course a gigantic account but using anti-white narrative give it up raucous emojis big celebrations end wokeness there using it we just need him to drop or her to drop that hyphen and empower us the same way that these big Jewish organizations finally decided to follow suit in our steps, our footsteps, getting rid of the hyphen and anti-Semite and anti-Semitism. Now we just need the folks to follow the good work that we're doing. This also brought by the great Franklin 007s. This is your work. Anti-white narrative is our is, is what we're pushing. Remember the five key concepts, anti-white, anti-whiteism, anti-white narrative, Western kind, white erasure, and then you have all of the others we're pushing. It's out there because of us. Celebrate the work that you are doing. 
Fox News, ladies and gentlemen, had a headline the other day with more than 14,000 likes. Woke Boston mayor shows off photo of anti-white party. Anti-white party. This is this is happening. Our work is happening in the real world. Big swash. Oh sevens. Oh sevens. Somebody told me James O'Keefe used anti-whiteism, and I haven't been able to track it down yet. But let's find if, if James O'Keefe used anti-whiteism, we celebrate him for that. We have Nigel Farage on a tweet saying Sadiq Khan's London is run by anti-white prejudice. Nigel Farage, anti-white, using anti-white, ladies and gentlemen. It's amazing. It's glorious. It's the work we're doing. Let the world hear you. And finally, we have a very short compilation of outtakes from videos uh, from some of our very best using the concepts that we're pushing. Check it out. Let the celebration continue. Be as raucous as you can be with the swashing flags. Folks now are finally being addressed. People are getting guts and they're talking about the systemic anti-whiteism and they're talking about the war on Christmas. People in corporate media and even some prominent figures in the Democrat Party are finally speaking out against discrimination in the university system. But the years and years and years and years and years and years of rampant anti-whiteism, including the mandatory brainwashing sessions where whites were told to hate themselves for their skin color. But this is the year when people finally stopped keeping their mouths shut and started pushing back. And also the year where people are pushing back against anti-whiteism. And we saw James O'Keefe expose the internal communications of IBM. Why is it that every other group, yes, gets their own identity politics thing? And people say, well, what about the erasure of white people? Bam! The war on white people. But like, spare me the lecture. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna engage in it. When I see, like, the Black Power movement of NAACP, which has become an anti-white hate movement, or the SPLC. Celebrate! Celebrate! Go out, and we'll be right back. That is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I know they're going to try to take it away from us. And that's all they try to do. And I get it. I mean, it's never it's never going to change. They're never going to say in the white sympathetic sphere, wow, look at what that community did. Because it was, it's been nothing but losing forever. It's just been nothing but losing. And uh, as a consequence, people who are saying, hey, go this way. And we'll stop anti-whiteism. Go this way. We'll stop the victimization of our people. Behave this way. Start a party. Craven over here. They've all failed. I'm not talking about the people reporting news uh, about what's going on. I'm talking about the people who were offering vehicles and ideologies to go from A to Z. They've all failed. They're never going to talk about us. And as you can see, they're just uh, co-opting and then running it into the ground because, as I articulated earlier, you're not going to be able to defeat anti-whites with a moral imperative that is stained with immorality, with white negativity. So it just can't be done. So we're going to have to continue to be our own uh, audience, our own champions, our own heroes, our own. We've got to do it. This is the most moral thing to do. And in fact, uh, according to uh, you know my writings, this is my personal sentiment, 
in Prometheus Rising, the most immoral thing that a person can do is to be, is to bring harm to the Prometheum. That is the community of our people. So saboteurs, subversives, anti-whites, uh, folks out in the white sympathetic sphere who want to burn down, bring, uh, bring us down, steal from us. That is the most reprehensible thing, the most immoral thing that a white person can do. The most immoral thing is to bring harm to the Prometheum. So concern trolling, you know, that's destructive criticism. All of that should be countenanced by white people as the worst of morality, worse than child molestation, worse because you're molesting all children if you're preventing the ending of their molestation, worse than the rape of all women, of all white women, because you are preventing that rape from being remedied and, and stopped, worse than murder, worse than every, all of it combined. The worst thing that a person, the most immoral thing that a white person can do is to bring harm to the Prometheum. That is the morality of our age. We don't get rid of the old virtues and, and the old sins. We have just put a new moral right and a new immoral at the very top so that we can judge the remainder through those lenses. God bless you. God bless every my big salute to you on this white Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, depending on where you are on planet Earth. And of course, a white Promethean Yule to you as well. God bless you all. Thank you for doing the hard work that needs to be done and what explosive victories we have had this year. Let me take a quick look at your financial gifts and we're going to keep rolling along. And over here on Entropy, we've had some champions show up. So keep out your raucous emojis, your 07s. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a man for whom uh, there scarcely needs anything to be said because you can hear the decibels as he arrives, the trumpets are blowing. They're silver. The notes are clear. His name is DB50. Dude bro moment in here first on Entropy. Financially gifting 50 white well-being dollars. God bless you. And as is his won't for white well-being, does he donate these? Thank you so much, good brother. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Good Yule. To you, we have uh, please raucous emojis for that fifty dollars every time I go to work here for white well being. Talk about an honorable. Now I can I can say that I can say about him because he knows where it's coming from. An honorable sob this guy is, isn't he? I mean, son of a bitch. This guy every time he wor working and making it happen with hard earned dollars. What a hero! God bless. God bless DB50. Spartan over here, a $5 financial gift says, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. That's what they were having. Thank you so much. Uh, they were playing at the very beginning. Henrik and Lana were playing at the very beginning of their Yule special. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know, where the treetops glisten and children listen 
to hear the sleigh bells in the snow. And then I guess somebody complained because the song apparently had been written by a Jewish guy. I don't care. I don't care. Was he anti-white? That's all I care about. Yes, financially gifting $5. A warrior extraordinaire on the front lines, riding a dragon, of course. Two great shows, Tuesdays at 6, Discord and Dragons. Thursdays, is it also at 6 or is it 7? For the new show with News Fist. And uh, what's that one called again? Bring me up to speed. It's another great show. Check it out. Yiz financially gets $5 and she writes here, can't be here live tonight. Family and friends over wanted to pop in and send love for the holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. Well, a big Merry Christmas to yeah, something of lies. Isn't it called something of lies? It'll come back. It's coming closer. Whoa, get out your raucous emojis. Huge celebration, huge celebration, ladies and gentlemen. Wilson Bear, financially gifting white well-being dollars to the tune, a harpish tune, my friend, harping away. Not a harpy, which is a very awful woman. So many women are harpies. Uh, but no, a beautiful harp instrument, like the one the beautiful white Young woman was playing, and the deer walked up in the in the field behind her. They wanted to hear her play her magic on her harp. It was elegant. It was gorgeous. This harp, Wilson Bear playing, $100 financial gift. Thank you so much. On this white Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Wilson Bear, God bless you. He says, busy with, hap with happy family stuff tonight for white well-being. Well, God bless you, brother. Yeah, we anticipated a lot of folks will be watching in replay tonight, but I'm still going to be here for you if I can. If there's breath in these lungs, I'm going to be here for white well-being. One way or another, I'm going to hold that sword aloft. God bless you, Wilson. Dandy Westman is coming in here on Entropy with a $5 financial gift. Thank you, Dandy. And he writes, Nazi LARPing is about as useful for recapturing our destiny as Civil War reenactments. Oh, my God. I wish I had thought of that. That is king brilliant. At least Civil War reenactors are aware what they are doing is purely a LARP for entertainment. Folks, let's make this into a meme. Dandy just hit a home run. Dandy, just like the natural, hit a home run that hit the lights and it's exploding. Nazi LARPing is as useful as for recapturing our destiny as Civil War reenactments. Oh, my God. All I got to say uh, for those out there who want to continue to do that garbage, that just keeps failing. Boom. Uh, boom. Or maybe I should do like they say now. It's real, real, true, based, real. Based, not acidic, not acidic. And Dandy Wistman comes back again. Three more dollar financial gift and writes, getting it right with no white guilt. Amen for that, brother. Absolutely. We are getting it right with no white guilt. 
I wonder if I missed anybody over here. I don't think I did. Let's see. Uh, maybe everybody's here on the back end. If you financially gifted, no, no, there's both of Dandies and there's Wilson. There she is. There's Spartan. And there is dude bro moment. Didn't miss anybody. I'm going to swivel over here. Keep those raucous emojis going. We are going to get into uh, this video in a second. We're going to be breaking down Schellenberger, at least a little bit of it. Maybe we'll revisit it again one of these days because I want to give time for you all to maybe come in on a Twitter space if you're so interested for some comments, calls, conversation. Over here on Odyssey, I see that uh, we have... Uh, Looks like this might be new. Yes. Uh, who to thunk it? Five library tokens said anti-white heckling uses the opposed uh, statutes of its oppressed stat, uh, statutes of its victims. Deafness to their grievance as proof, proof they do not value themselves. Yes. You're, yeah, precisely. Uh, this is a perception unspoken by white negs, white negatives. Quote, justifying violence, close quote. This is because they observe violence yielding results for anti-whites of every race. Vicious cycle. Precisely. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. When white negs look out at the world and tags of various stripes, when they look out at the world and they see anti-whites of all races destroying and being violent and getting their way, when their thinking is not their strongest suit, they conclude that being violent will yield them response, uh, that responses that they want. Not at all. Not one iota, and I have argued I, this many times using reason and logic and evidence to demonstrate that you're not going to get positive outcomes as a consequence. But that's what these uh, low-witted midget wits conclude. So when somebody shows up, and they, it's sort of like a self-identifier of low IQ. When somebody shows up and they're like, well, they get to misbehave, you're essentially hearing like a six-year-old argument. And that's the best that they can do. So it's not their fault that they're born that way, but it is their fault if they continue to say that I'm wrong and that with the successes I'm having and also not acting on their own position. I'm acting on my positions. When you say that we need to commit violence to get something uh, that is good for white people out of it, but you don't engage in violence, then you're demonstrating that you're just talking out of your ass that you don't even believe in what you're saying. So those people are really foul, miserable shits. But if you're just wrong and you are and you hear what I have to say about what violence is going to net you, how it doesn't work the same way for so many reasons I don't have time to talk about uh, on this gathering, but for so many reasons, uh, and you hear that and you're like, well, I'm giving up that idea. That's dumb. He's right. Uh, then uh, you're doing the right thing and being wrong is not wrong when you go right after finding out that you're wrong. Uh, but thank you for bringing that up with uh, five library tokens. 
And uh, hello to anybody or everybody who shows up over there on uh, on uh, Odyssey to check us out there. Let's check out D Live. Hello to everybody on Rumble as D Live updates. Let's see. Well, somebody made a comment over on Rumble that is uh, simply not true. And it's born out of the uh, selfish, individualistic view of the world. That it's the bee nest phenomenon. Uh, and if this whole group of people weren't around, then I wouldn't have any problems. Uh, you're not going to be able to make that group of people disappear. And that's not in any way remotely close how the socially dynamic ideology of anti-whiteism harms white people. So your remedy is impossible. Get rid of the bee's nest. It's selfish, and that's part of the problem as well. Uh, and it's clearly selfishly individualistic by the lens you're using for the recommendation. Uh, and it leaves in place the socially dynamic ideology, psychological warfare of anti-whiteism, which will continue to victimize us. So you will have, you're recommending something that you can't do, which causes you to do what? To be idle and everyone to be idle during our victimization. Little white girls getting stabbed in the face and chest and back and belly. And, and you're going to sit around saying, well, once we get rid of all the blacks, then things will be, no. So I encourage you strongly to socially, sociopolitically mature, to go free. You'll have a better look outlook on life. You'll actually have success in combating our victimization. And the door is open to you. Uh, we have, I don't think there are any new financial gifts over there on DLive, but hello to people who are over there. It looks like the last one was uh, that one bell from Spartan, which I believe was last week. So let's continue. We'll swivel around this way. Get ready to get your raucous emojis out as we rev up. No. Did you, Clips, did you? Get out all of the raucous emojis. Go resuscitate, go exhume dead ones, dig them up, bring them out, get out your like 107s for a man who with memes that he creates, with clips that he makes, with dollars that he earns, his hard-on dollars, with arguments he engages in online, with the persuasion that he engages on in person and online to bring people to a healthy place to end our victimization. No white guilt clips donating, financially gifting, financially gifting one thousand saluting dollars. One thousand seven dollars from no white guilt clips. My God, my God, this has been the year of no white guilt clips. What absolute heroism. Oh, there's just, he can't be stopped. He inspired us.
He inspired me. He inspired Franklin. He inspired. This guy is an icon. This guy stands head and shoulders over so much of, of what is expressed as vehicle and ideology in the white sympathetic sphere. A guy that just keeps doing and going. If if we were all half like this, the West would be ours overnight. He writes, have a wonderful white Christmas. God bless you, man. God bless you. A wonderful white Christmas to you, your family, everybody you care about. Hope and pray for nothing but positivity for the great no white guilt clip. He has just, he has made himself a legend indeed in financial gift, in uh, internet activity over and over. Why can't we have more no white guilt clips? My God, big salute. Everybody has different ways that they can contribute. Everybody has different amounts of time, of intelligence, of of cash. Everybody has different amounts that they can do. But when you are at your max, when somebody is just like hitting it, they're going at it, you can tell. And I mean, it's like, it's like a Franklin wallpapering like Virginia and Maryland and West Virginia. This is the kind of dedication. This is the kind of heroism that really, it, this is the real white warrior. This is the real men of the West. This is like, this is, you know, you talk about so many others. You got brand danger all the time. He's invested in school of the West. Uh, you got RC, the realist song after song, after song, this guy's making, you got four, no songs and software and video and games and video games and, and building sites and on and on. These are the kind of people we need. These are the hero. This is where the genuine here. You have uh, a first last with all of his contributions for uh, for the scientific investigation. Uh, things that could be MCs, acknowledge uh, identifying MPs and others identifying MP. Cool Papa J Magic and others. This is what changes the world. This is what we engender. This is the work we're doing. Folks sitting around bitching and saying, well, what we need, we need more of this, or we need more of that, we need that people gone, or we need to control the money, or we need to control the voting, or we need a political party. They, they're do-nothings. They're do-nots, as Mr. V and Patrick would say. They're do-nots. All they can do is destroy the actual doers. Anybody, I mean, this is all the evidence in the world you have ever needed or ever will need. Put it down in all time. Put it down in the blood of my body that anybody who continues to attack the work done by these champions have identified themselves immediately as enemies of Western kind and our well-being. Enemies of white well-being. God bless no white guilt clips. 1,000 saluting dollars. A white Christmas to you as well, God, brother. God bless you. Holy moly. Keep your raucous emojis going. If we're talking about, we just mentioned Cool Papa J Magic, $20 financial gift from this champ who came in here lighting the world up from day one. This guy's been so dedicated. $20, he says, Merry Christmas to you 
and to team white well-being. Big salutes, oh sevens. To the big, what champions? I mean, what serious champions? Think about Biospirit of the West and all that he's doing, organizing and finding another gear for the outreach team. Think about the people who are, are blossoming under him that are becoming magnificent advocates for white well-being. Nothing like this has happened. I've been around. I've been around forever. There's nothing like this. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. And we have, keep your uh, celebration, your raucous emojis going, your 07s going for Jay Bishop over here. All her advocacy that she's doing, $15 financial gift. And she says, with those $15, crushing the anti-white narrative. Merry Christmas. And this, this is a, you know, a story where you can show up, you can begin studying white well-being. You could begin employing the lexicon and the dialectics. You can learn and really do this, really invest in this. And then you can have the son of the president-to-be and former president using the concepts that liberate us from our victimization and bondage. Let me check. Okay, we didn't miss anybody on subscribe star, but I have it up and I'm keeping an eye on it just in case. No, 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 we did. We do have a financial gift on subscribe star from June financially gifting $10 over here on subscribe star. God bless you, June. And she writes, Merry Christmas, Jason. Thank you for all you do for white well-being. Thank you for teaching the lexicon to take back our destiny. God bless you for that so much. I really, I really warmly appreciate the appreciation for the work that I do for our people. And I, I deeply appreciate all of you and the work that you're doing. There's, there's me just shouting into uh, the wind. There's me just, without you all, there's me just trying to get uh, uh, slots at speaking, at, at events, speaking slots, and then being um, either given only a little bit of time or no time at all because people who are jealous of me behind the scenes are doing everything they can to undermine me and uh, then years later celebrating the changing conversation in society that are using the very concepts that these people said, those are cringe. Nobody will ever use them. Nobody's ever going to use that. You know how many times I heard that for years? This is the worst of humanity that would tell me you're, these things are cringe. Nobody will ever use them. They won't work for years telling me that. Keep him out because he's got, he can't speak, but he can come and be in the audience and, and praise us. Uh, he can't speak because he's got all these weird concepts and society is never going to accept it. And then years later saying, whoa, I really like this change now. This conversation about our victimization really is coming into our favor now. And it's the concepts that they said would never work, that were cringe, that would, uh, that would never be accepted and would never benefit our people. Now they say, well, I like this change. They don't mention us. I like this change. They co-opt. They like this change. It's always been self-evident. 
you didn't create that. It's always been self-evident. Everybody was always doing it. That's the worst of humanity. And I submit to you that probably 90% of the people saying such things and doing such things are crypto anti-whites. That's just how you have the, the it's an anti-white outcome. What kind of white person would do that to another white person? And I tell, and I point this out to you too. Is that the white thing to do? When you see these people who condemn Jews from dawn till dusk, but we all know very well that if there was a Jewish version of me and there and you all uh, were an oppressed, uh, subjugated, ostracized, hated uh, Jewish people, that if I came along, you all would love me. You all, if, if we were all the Jews, you all would love me. You all would tell everyone else in society how brilliant I am and how they all have to bow to my uh, exceptional intelligence. You would all do that. That's If it were Jews, that's how they react. But when it comes to white people, it's the exact opposite. It's keep him out. It's that selfish individualism. Keep him out. Deny, tell him it won't work. And then when it works, say that it was always self-evident. It wasn't his. Co-opt it. Say you created it. That's what white people do, apparently. So many of them. And then these white people, some of the worst, the ones who co-opt, steal, and don't celebrate us for the work that we're doing, are the ones that are uh, the most nasty when they talk about Jews. They use some of the worst language, some of the worst analogies when they talk about Jews. And we all know that Jews would not do this to one of their own. At least, you know, the majority of them. There, there could be, and I'm talking about individuals here, not collectives. Groups inside of an overall group. We all know. I mean, look at SAD. Look at what happened with him. Ah, Jay Bishop wrote, Merry Vindication, sir. Yes, indeed. Thank you. 2023, the year of vindication. Thank you all for celebrating No White Guilt Clips, man. Uh, Herman says, uh, No White Guilt is respecting his good old friend from the pleasant white majority county of Norfolk, England. Yes, indeed, Herman. Hello to you. Janice is here. No White Guild Clips is in the live chat as well. The guy's always, he's always working. He barely is able. He's always, he's always at it. God bless you, man. Great to see you. Nameless One is here. Wonderful to see you. Thank you all for celebrating. Wow. Jules is here. Hello and welcome to you. Unacceptable is here. Hello and welcome to you. Yeah, any white person. Nancy Drew is here. Welcome. Good to see you. Merry Christmas and blessed new year. Yes, amen. Um, any white person witnessing this. Empire of Lies. Thank you, Melissa. That's Yez's other show. Thursdays. Any white person seeing what's happening here and they conclude, oh, we got to slander that. Slander that guy. They obviously are demonstrating that they're anti-white. We got to keep rolling. Uh, we've got some mailbag cards here. 
Let's get to this first one from Rob. It's already up. Is this the one? Yeah. Check out how pretty this was in the mailbox. Beautiful. Rob says, Merry Christmas to you and yours. God bless you, Rob. Thank you for that. And we have, and get out your raucous emojis. Keep them raucous emojis out, ladies and gentlemen. Double O sevens, quadruple O sevens, celebratory, celebrate. Another Christmas card that we've come across here. Celebrate. This is from Anonymous, financially gifting 100 white will being dollars save the white baby dollars god bless you hello jason and merry christmas i find it inspiring and educational to watch how you focus on white well-being when you are interviewed as in the case with scott balson from south africa regardless of the flow of the conversation you steer and or reframe the flow in the context of white well-being. That sort of control takes discipline, patience, and firmness of purpose. I enjoy watching your mastery. Eyes on the prize. Anonymous. Let's please, big celebration there. Thank you. Uh, that testimonial there about how I recraft everything to put us at the center of the story. That's what we all have to do. And so many champions here, That's we all need to do that if we're going to recapture our destiny, if we're going to put an end to our victimization. And I'm going to keep doing that for us with as many people as will have me, as good Scott did, any others who will have me speak, I will do that. And as you can see, it's uh, it, it inspired you. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so very much. That's beautiful. Look at this. We got more. We got more cards than we got space for cards. And we have here two more cards, ladies and gentlemen. Two more cards. We have this one. It's the most wonderful time of the year, it says. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Let's see here. Oh, I might need glasses again. Jason, hoping you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you for all you do for the white well-being community. And may the new year bring many blessings, Lady Anglo. God bless you, Lady Anglo. Thank you so much. Lovely little card here. Yes, Merry Christmas. Good Yule to you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. And we'll see. Can we... Does that one show up? Maybe not so much. I got to move it over. I got to make some more room. For cards here. 
And we got one more. Oh, this is this one. I can't show you all because it's got a picture of the family on it. One final card here. I got to send the old boy a, a text message. It says, Dear Jason, hope you have a wonderful Christmas and Happy New Year. Hope you're doing well and you need to come visit soon. Uh, sincerely, uh, Mrs. Johnny Reb. Amen. Merry Christmas. Happy Yule. Happy New Year to you all. And I'm absolutely coming back to hang out with you and Mr. Johnny Reb. I'm sorry I can't show you that, that card, ladies and gentlemen. The lovely Johnny Reb family is on the cover. Thank you so much. Thank you all. And uh, if the cards haven't arrived yet, I'll get them and we'll still share them. Even though we'll next time we're together on Wednesday, it'll be beyond Christmas. It won't matter because we're still in the Christmas Yule time and spirit. And of course, we have to celebrate the new year. Looks like we are running pretty darn short. Maybe I should leave. Maybe I'll just bring up the make sure I'm not missing anything here. We got the cards. Uh, we have want to do the Twitter space to give others a time opportunity to talk. If you want to, you don't nobody has to. Uh, but I do want to provide some time. The only other thing to mention is what I mentioned earlier is that uh, having been on Red Ice, there, uh, there's their use special. It's up on Odyssey. It's up on Rumble. And uh, there have been some ne'er-do-wells. Anti-white, crypto anti-whites have already shown up. And not many of them, uh, especially given the size of their audience. I mean, their audience was... Uh, well over 10,000. I mean, was it 20,000 live? And there were uh, just less than a handful of these ne'er-do-wells. But this is the way that they try to run folks off who are doing good work, who are not going to just be white negative and hate non-white groups of people, which is immoral. That's the wrong thing to do. We despise anti-whites. We are going to recapture our destiny White people are not going to be victimized anymore. All non-white people, all white people who are interested in putting an end to that victimization and the destruction of Western civilization, we welcome here. The way you're born is totally immaterial to me, to us. And we don't view any group of people as a monolith. There is no, this whole group is bad or that whole group is, is bad. There are circles. There are groupings within overall groups that can be anti-white. And we will acknowledge that they are anti-white and we always have, and we always will. So if uh, after we're done here today, if you want something to do, you can head on over and don't get into a, a debate with these people. It's not worth it. Don't fight them. It's not worth it. You're fighting with some anti-white, slovenly, neck-bearded uh, loser somewhere. And uh, with the, the great avatar of whatever it is, some uh, Christian knight or whatever. So don't just get on the thread and thank Henrik and Lana. Tell them what a great job they're doing. Thank them for having me on and that you got a lot of insight or really enjoyed have them uh, speaking with me or whatever. Uh, people often say that there's a good chemistry between me and Henrik and Lana. And uh, if you feel that, maybe share that as well with them. So let's get some positives in there. If you wanted something, an action item, 
otherwise uh, to engage in. Maybe quickly, I will just take a look so you can see the darling of white people now, the growing darling. And uh, more and more white people, this is, this is that obeisance in white people, that sickness to academia and to academic peacocks. Academia and academic peacocks are not, never are the leaders of, of, of big endeavors. They're never out there. They explain, they, uh, they come in afterward to describe, to give their interpretation. But the academic peacocks, by nature, are not the brave thinkers, which is what we need right now. And so we need to stop giving so much weight of belief and obeisance to uh, subservience to truckling to academic peacocks. Let's bring this up. Here we go. Detailing the U.S. government's support for domestic censorship and disinformation campaigns from 2016 to 2022. Insofar as we can evaluate the past few years of American history with integrity, we have Michael to thank for his dogged reporting. This evening, Michael's lecture is titled Escape the Woke Matrix, and there will be time for questions afterwards. Please join me in welcoming Michael Schellenberger to the stage. This is at Austin University. Thank you very much. What a great pleasure to be here. You've all heard the news. Climate change is destroying your future. Carbon dioxide is accumulating in the atmosphere. The planet has warmed 1.1 degrees centigrade since the pre-industrial period. Global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef. We also know that police killing black people is a pandemic. Murders of trans people nearly doubled over the past four years. But there's... Okay, stop him right there. I don't know. I haven't watched this. But my guess is the next thing that's going to happen, he is telling you that uh, the world... The world is bad. Uh, these are the, 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 the items of, he's not going to call it the anti-white narrative, but this is what we're told in the anti-white narrative. And then, I, is he a cons conservative? I mean, what is this guy? I don't know anything about him. Uh, except I had a hunch about him, just seeing him, and I went and looked it up and I ended up being right. But having said that, uh, he and it's not Jewishness. It's not that. Anyhow, my guess is since white people are in audience and they're there to just uh, fawn over it, is it's going to be, uh, except that's not the truth, really. And then it's going to be, here's a list of all of uh, the, the truth about these things. This stuff is also tired and rerun, and you can imagine how I get frustrated with it. And now watch, he won't. He won't do that. There's more to this story. Carbon emissions peaked in Great Britain over 50 years ago. Same thing in France, the United States. Okay, so what is this class? Revisionist history. What are the conservatives who listen to this guy going to do? They're going to go out and say, ah, yes, all that is, is what's being talked about. But here's what's true. Has that worked? Has we have the truth worked? No. And indeed, over the last decade, 
total global emissions declined. Why haven't you read that in the news? Why haven't you read that in the news? Nameless One says you, Henrik, and Lana do sound like a powerful combination. Yeah, I mean, they had me in their house, in studio, uh, and uh, we had a great time. We had a really great time. I think I think the show was, a lot of people uh, com complimented the show. New York Times or the Washington Post. Deaths from natural disasters have diminished to a few hundred a year in the United States, even as the global population quadrupled over the last century, they've declined internationally by over 90%. The cost of disasters everywhere is on decline. Okay, so what he's doing here, and I'm gonna get to the Twitter space because we're running out of time, and we'll come back to this guy because I think it'll be worth it since so many people are, uh, white people are of the mind of, let's, uh, let's go listen to this guy. I guarantee you'll hear, if you haven't heard a bunch about him, you will. I have a feeling that I'm gonna have to endure uh, Schellenberg. But what does Schellenberger say? I don't give a shit. I really don't. So this is clearly the uh, uh, we're not talking. We're, we're not hearing about the truth because the Wokies are in charge. So what you need to do, I'm not, I've watched this. We can watch it together on a Wednesday coming up or whatever. But what you need to do is you need to uh, share the truth. I guarantee you if I went to the end. Do y'all, what do y'all think? Do y'all think it's going to be that you need to be brave and tell your professors the truth? Has historical revisionism ever worked? Never. It never works. But he'll be the guy that will make the big money. He'll be able to make the BMW payments, big money compared to me, uh, the speaking invitations to universities all over America, Canada. Maybe he'll even travel to Europe to do all of this. And he'll be taking his non-white wife with him, by the way, just as an aside, which if, if he doesn't care about white people and what's happening to us, and I've never heard him say anything about what's happening to us, everything is an abstraction, then probably his wife doesn't either. Right? Probably, his wife is probably anti-white as well. So if you are in the midst of today's world and you are not calling out anti-whiteism for what it is, it's everywhere, the victimization of white people, then you are ipso facto anti-white because there's no way you can't see it. If you're a toddler, I give you a, a reprieve. But if you're any older than that, then you can see the anti-whiteism. So this guy can see it. He's talking, unless you're all going to tell me you're going to educate me on Schellenberger. Uh, my guess is conservative environment. He's going to be given this deep respect. He's going to be taken into these wood paneled rooms and halls, and he's going to be listened to by the future uh, PhDs and et cetera, who are all going to be, he's so smart, then they are going to go out into the world and whatever little shitty job that they can get, since they're most of them are white, uh, they're going to be telling uh, the rest of us, oh, this is the way it should be done because Schellenberger, don't you know how smart he is? Uh, you know, he has spoken at Yale. He has spoken at Austin University. Where have you spoken, Jason? So, there you have it. Let's get to the, uh, let's get to, I will set up the, the space over on my Twitter. We'll play some music as I do that.
All right, it is up now, and I am speaking through it, the Twitter space, the X space, and if you decide you want to have something to say, I will uh, show up there, show up there, and I will give you, somebody have to request the mic, I will give you the mic, and we'll hear what you have to say. The Great Sloth says, you've spoken among heroes. And thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Yes, indeed. This is a hall of heroes, the pantheon of the true champions of Western civilization. Lavish is here. Great to see you, Lavish. Thank you for showing up. We have uh, somebody, Zion, is that what it says, have shown up on the Twitter space as well. Zion, we are live in several places. Natalie is here. Hello and welcome. Uh, Natalie says, it's terrible. Never imagined I would have to deal with this hate. You mean as in the all the anti-white hate? Yeah. Exactly. I think this one I got to turn up some. Does the sound Is the sound level about the same as the previous song? Refreshing the great thunder from down under. You think you're smart, Jason? Hmm. Ever thought about checking entropy? I'll have to do that. And one of our one of our great heroes is the great sloths. Talking about heroes. Seven Sons is here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. We'll head on over to Entropy. What a beautiful night this has been. There you have it. The great thunder from down under. Let him hear you thunder as well give him some raucous emojis for the great lucky lunda 07s 007s for this man 25 of white well-being dollars god bless you good sir 25 of those dollars he says i taught mark college just yesterday okay says he is still not he is still not serious in his supposed advocacy I guess you mean for white people? I mentioned our fantastic victories, and he still said no to you. I guess meaning me. Instead, supporting folks like the NJP. He's continuing, I guess, to support the NJP, despite their failing. Sad to see, but today isn't the day to be sad. Merry Christmas and good Yule to you, brother. A big Merry Christmas and good Yule to you as well. Good, sir. Thank you so very much. 25 white well-being dollars. Beautiful white well-being baby dollars. So the sound was still good then. Is that what we were saying? You could still hear me just fine. And the the great Mrs. Jess Horse has appeared. God bless you, sister. And uh, talking about being among the champions. So is the sound okay between me and the... We'll pull this. We'll pull Schellenberger down. Uh, is the sound still glorious? I should retweet my tweet, uh, my video from last year. Maybe I will when I'm done here. Where I, 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 say, I say to all the ladies, stop asking Santa for the perfect guy. He keeps trying to kidnap me. 
Maybe I'll retweet that and then X will ensure that no one gets it. Good to go, says Red Dog. Okay, it's working. Lunder says, sound is good. I'm glad. This song was quieter for some reason. Uh, so I had to turn it up and I didn't want to go over top of me. But if you all have any comments, tag me in the chat. I will speak to those as well as we are in the, the final uh, 20 and a half minutes. There's the great Southern Bloom uh, is with us. Great to see you, sister. Ash is here as well. Welcome, Ash. Uh, Rafi, is that what that is? Hello and welcome. All right. Okay, well, how do I do that? Okay, just touch it. Harder to operate things when they're blurry. Empire of lies. Um, Melissa's asking, will you be online next week? Well, I, I can't see why not. I don't know. Uh, you Kind of Saxony is here saying Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too as well, brother. A big and bold white Promethean. Merry Christmas to everyone. The year of vindication. The year of vindication. And I had these folks being, being right and getting it right for white people, for the good of white people, isn't enough for the crypto anti-whites. That's why, I mean, we just have to see them for what they are. They're either so diseased that they are playing the villain, uh, a disease with anti-whiteism, that they're playing the villain, and so therefore they are anti-white. They are in the way of actually doing good for our people. Or they are actual anti-whites through and through, and they're just pretending to be a, a white sympathetic person online. Either way, these people who can't look at the major victories and being right and the vindication again and again, they can't see it and say, well, geez, that they're, they're right. Those people over there are right. They're doing the right thing. They're happy. Uh, they're loving. They are having victories for babies, for seniors, for everyone. I'm going to be a part of that. If they can't do that, then they're crypto anti-whites as far as I'm concerned. Any more, I mean, after years of attacks, anybody, heads of organizations, uh, participants, anybody attacking us with all of the successes, being right again and again, they have to be anti-white. What else could they be? Let's continue with our music, our Christmas music. And the fun we're having here on this Christmas day, Christmas Eve, everybody celebrate the spirit of the West. Lavish says, Merry Christmas. Herman says, uh, Arabian dance is good song is a good song we used in great uh builders is that how that's pronounced in a vid or you're saying geert as in uh, uh wilders is that how his last name is pronounced geert yeah i remember when he came over years ago he was a big splash years ago 
and everybody thought, oh, this guy's going to be, he's our guy. And that's, a, that's another sign that you're dealing with people who have nothing. They have nothing to, uh, no actual method to get from A to B. It's always a uh, on the lookout for their guy. Or like the clip I was sent of uh, little Nikki, little Nikki saying that one congressman voted against the resolution of the United States government to classify anti-Semitism or uh, anti-Zionism as anti-Semitism. And then he said, I don't know who this congressman is, uh, but it's a huge victory for the Groypers. So claiming, <laughs> claiming that just like a fan would. Uh, so let me see, am I gonna be, yes, I'm gonna be here. I'm definitely gonna be here, yes next week wednesday i'll be back and uh sunday unless something changes and i have to let you all know i will do that merry christmas uh to you as well melissa thank you for that uh let's see natalie says oh come on whatever Uh, let's see. I'm not. So that can't happen. What else do we have here? Nutcracker. What is this? Is Nutcracker is the white nags sneaking into the Twitter space. Ah, yes. Good one. So true, my friend. So true. Do you all have any plans for later today or tomorrow? What are you going to be doing for Christmas? Are you going to be standing up for our people if somebody decides that they're going to be anti-white at the dinner table, at the Christmas get-together, or you will get-together, whatever kind of get-together you're having? Are you going to stand up and say, uh-uh, no anti-whiteism here. Please, you could say very nicely to someone, please no anti-whiteism, not today. And, and if that's the first time they're going to hear it, it's going to be like an atomic bomb going off. They're going to say, what? I didn't know there was a name for that. Yes. Yeah, it's a shame that we don't see folks who were dead set against us turning right around and coming back and saying, whoa, you were right about the, the people in Florida. Uh, you were right about the NJP. And so here we are. We're sorry. No, it's just like maintain. Somebody actually super chatted one of these probably... Uh, people that call themselves a Goyim, financially gifted, Henrik and Lana, some small sum at the end so they could get their comment read. And it was uh, intellectually dishonest as all hell. Jason said that we, like everybody, like Henrik and Lana and the entire white sympathetic sphere, that we caused a law to be passed in Florida that can be used against white people advocating for white well-being. 
Of course, I did not say that the entire white sympathetic sphere. Everyone saw one day after the other that I said when when those people who call themselves Goyim, that fed operation, got out there and started distributing that heinous literature uh, and videotaping themselves, intimidating Jewish people and being just as nasty and churlish as they could be, this fed up that they are going to cause a bill to be written that will ban at in some way, shape or form, free speech in Florida. Advocacy for white well-being. I said that you all remember. I said this is going to happen. And then on cue and anti-white and all of these People who call themselves Goyim, these Jaysbergs, who all said, no, no, you're just a Jew. You're just paid by the Jews. They all said, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Free speech. We got free speech. You're like a child. I'm like, they, you've got free speech. By whose leave do you have free speech? If you haven't noticed, I mean, who are you appealing to? Some sort of free speech fairy? You're a child. By whose leave do you have free speech? So, on cue, this anti-white Jew down in Florida writes the bill. And then, we I said, we said here, that'll be made into law. Everybody said, no. I even old, talked to an old-timer about it. He said, no, it'll never pass. It's too much of an abridgment on free speech. And I was yelling at you all here saying this is going to be made the law and then a prosecutor or prosecutors could dilate them try to ensnare anybody that we have to watch out for but it's going to be caused by this group that Mark Collett and uh, some over there in the PWR audience decided they wanted to decide with him rather than me and us I said he's going to cause that sure as shit it gets written into law in Israel. So I'm saying he's going to cause it. Then it happens. And now these swine are saying it would have happened anyhow. There are always going to be swine and anti-whites posing, crypto anti-whites posing as people who care about white well-being. The people who control the channels, they're the ones. It's on them to either ban or block those people or to ignore them or to uh, or to undermine their accusations with some some little uh, statement back some quip back maybe it's up to them so that that kind of that kind of energy and idea doesn't get momentum which is the exact opposite is what happened over there at PWR so the exact thing I said would happen as a consequence of that guy in that fed group happened 100% vindication. It wasn't going to happen anyhow. I didn't say that the whole white sympathetic sphere was responsible for it. Lies from these losers. And then everything I said about the NJP. So it is definitely the year of vindication. Colossal vindication. Thanks for streaming this Christmas Eve. Wasn't able to make it to family this year, right, Sloths? Well, God bless you, man. You are so welcome. Thank God you were here. The community is better because you showed up. And this, we could be family. When you have family, 
We can be family when you can't get to your family. We can be family when you don't have family. So thank you uh, for that, good brother. Let me take a quick walk around, make sure nobody's tagging me anywhere. Oh, we got a $10 financial gift over there at Odyssey. And this is uh, Ash, $10 financial gift, and says beautifully, Merry Christmas. It's a season of magic, my friends. It really is a season of magic. And uh, we are the ones who are performing the magic for Western Kind. Recapturing our destiny. Spartan over here on D Live, financially gifted a ice cream cone of cryptocurrency. Thank you so much for that, good sir. And I think that gets everybody over there. No other comments on Rumble. We're not feeding the masses the poison they want. And so, obviously, uh, there'll be fewer. The, the great are always fewer. That's just the way nature works. The best are always fewer. The great are always fewer. And just checking over here. Make sure I refresh and didn't miss anybody. Looks good. I didn't miss anybody. Very good. Don't forget, folks, that on last Sunday's stream, I put up a thread, uh, a comment to form its own thread uh, so that you could write in there under, in response to that comment, your... Uh, your victories over the course of the year or victories that we communally achieved that really stood out for you. Uh, so that's last Sunday, not the previous stream, but the one before. Make sure that uh, if you want to share something, go over there and share it. Great Baron White is going to be uh, maybe getting some of these together. And we're certainly going to be talking about them no matter what. I think uh, for White Wellbeing is going to be working with him on it. Very exciting thing. And uh, one way or the other. But we're going to be talking about a lot of these victories, which have been colossal in 2023. These are the roaring 20s that we hope people will look back on, be able to look back on and uh, celebrate with us the, uh, the victories through time that we were able to achieve here. And therefore, the, victory, the victories that they will be able to achieve as a consequence. We have 0.25 of a library token over there on Odyssey that just came in from Wing It. Thank you so very much, Wing It. And it says, uh, you are a wise young man. I'm pleased you have a good relationship with the Red Ice folks. Yeah, they're, they're good folks, Henrik and Lana. I met them a very long time ago, and uh, they're good people. And they're reporting on everything going on in the world. They make it fun. They make it professional. And uh, we have a financial gift from Mrs. Jess Horst. The great lady has financially gifted $5 and says, I'm temporarily out of funds. However, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and all white well-being. Well, big Merry Christmas to you. 
and uh, you are never out of love. It doesn't matter whether you got a dollar or none. We thank you for everything that you do in service to white well-being. So thank you and your family, your husband, everybody uh, for the service to white well-being. Now she's on uh, X. And uh, so keep an eye out for the great Mrs. Jess Horse. Make a friend of her and continue to work together in service to white well-being. Let me take a look here at the comments. One of Western Kind saying that's a nice sentiment, Jason. I don't remember which sentiment it was, but thank you so much for that. Uh, Spud Ruckus is here. Great to see you as well. And uh, let me just stroll along through the Hall of Heroes that we have here. Looks like we're down to about four and a half minutes or less. So probably not a good time to uh, have a have a call. But we'll be doing this from now on on Sundays, coming in uh, the final part of the gathering, maybe as, as long as an hour, 45 minutes but in, to an hour. Uh, open up a Twitter space. If anybody wants to talk, they'll be welcome to come over there. We'll turn the mic on. I'll give them the mic. And they can share their thoughts. It can be about what we're talking about. It could be about something completely different. But we'll be doing that moving forward. We're going to have a big 2024. But I am so excited that Santa is coming by. I told Santa earlier in the year, I want vindication for Christmas. Can I get some vindication, Santa? And all he did was wink. Wouldn't you know it? Right here at the end of the year. Biggest vindication on so many levels. So, yeah, I think probably the really moving forward, especially 2024, no more uh, fighting with these white negatives. No more fighting with the antags because so many of these people are, are just uh, crypto anti-whites. So we're just wasting our time. We're just wasting our time having ever having any discussion with them. Instead, if you find out somebody is uh, white neg, antag, whatever it is, and they say, no, no, you need to be hating on the Jews. You need to be wanting to get rid of all of this race of people or what have you. When they say that kind of a thing, uh, you just say, okay, thanks. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Not interested in, uh, in you anymore. Move on to folks who can hear what you have to say. People who are able to hear and feel and know the message of white positivity, white well-being. Uh, so that you know our Christmases are going to be beautiful. Our Christmases are going to be filled with love. We're doing the right thing. We're doing the moral thing. Your time is best spent and reaching brothers and sisters out there, even if they could never come to, uh, or at least not anytime soon, to the study of the go-free method, your time is much more valuable and much better spent by reaching out to ordinary white folk and 
letting them hear some of these concepts. I'm going to go ahead and stop the Twitter space now. Um, letting them hear the concepts of going free and especially the, the key concepts, some of the dialectics, uh, so that they have a fighting chance. You really have to look at it that way. Uh, when we come upon our brothers and sisters, if they're ever going to have a fighting chance, it's if you provide them with the verbiage that they need, the tools that they need to have that fighting chance. So in this Christmas season, in this Yule season, think about that. Don't waste time on the antags anymore. Don't waste time to the people who just, you could just say, you're anti-white, you're just self-destructive, goodbye, and move on to somebody who can hear. They're going to be worthy of salvation, of redemption. They're going to be, uh, they might have children that need to be protected. They might have nieces or nephews that need to be protected. And that is the season of love that we're going to bring to our brothers and sisters this Christmas, this Yule season. God bless you all. I'll be back in a couple of days. But let it let it be magical. Let it be uh, with your, your true and fullest heart that you move forward in service to white well-being. I can promise you with that moral imperative, we'll have successes. We'll have successes like we never imagined possible. Merry Christmas, good Yule. I love you all. Let's go free.